Welcome to Game Face, episode 367 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, I'm your host, as we head on into the Thanksgiving holiday. We got one more episode here for you where we're going to talk about games for the next couple hours. And alongside me to do that, as always, is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Uh, not much. Excited for Thanksgiving? Eh, we'll yeah. see. You're not going home? No, I don't go home for Thanksgiving anymore. Yeah, I not haven't done after, it for years. Not after, not for like almost eighteen years, because I think we think we both learned that lesson when we moved down here. It was like we we drove up the first year, and it took us like twelve hours to get back. <laughs> yep. And then like I flew out the next year, and it was worse. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what, mom? I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna come home anymore. Thanksgiving's not really a big deal in our family. So yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'll well, see you in a few weeks. You know. Obviously, my trip is much longer because I have to go all the way back to the East Coast. And the weird part, kind of weird part about it is that, like, my wife actually does go home every Thanksgiving without me. (laughs) She could. And our families are in the same town. So, like, they're doing, like, Thanksgiving together and everything. And I'm not there. Um, But typically, like, there's so many games that I need to play that I just can't leave for Thanksgiving break. Like, my wife will be gone for, like, a week and a half. I can't do that right now. Like, it's the heat of the game release season. And so typically I stay here and I just work through the Thanksgiving holiday. Now, a couple things to note. Um, I'm not working through the Thanksgiving holiday. So Thursday and Friday, I am off. Just like everybody else in the or everyone else in the U.S. anyway. Um, I am off work Thursday and Friday. So anything you expect normally on Thursdays and Fridays from us, not going to happen this week. Um, but I feel like we have loaded up this episode of Game Face with good stuff that'll sat- that satisfy you guys all the way through mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving holiday. You have won the like the the fantasy draft. What do you say? You've won the fantasy league. Why? Space Marine delayed to Q2 2020. Oh, I'm sorry, man. That's a shitty way to win. I don't want to win like that. Yep. But that's how our league is, dude. Like, it, usually goes. that's how it goes. Like, whoever has the most games I mean, wins. it's Suicide Squad that did it. Yeah. There was no way to know that that was going to happen to that game. No way. And how do you feel now that it's, they're starting to fire up the marketing machine again? And like, That game looks like shit. <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah. Especially after Spider-Man. Like, when uh, she jumps off that top thing and you're expecting her to get, like, a boost of momentum. And she just sort of... Yeah snaps into like a canned animation almost. I noticed that too. It's yeah. like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, it is still coming, what, in February, I think? Yeah. But it's still it, ultimately it, missed a year by a couple months. Yeah, it still seems, well, yeah, but it's supposed to come out in May. Right. Like, well, but, it's supposed to come out even before yeah. that, but yeah. that but uh, I just get it out so Rock City can make another game. Yeah. Like, just bite the bullet yeah. call the day like yeah. come on yeah i hear you um i hope you guys have exciting thanksgivings lined up i hope you guys have uh some time set up to spend with your families or with your friends um i'm i always miss not going home just the day of thanksgiving because mm-hmm. everybody calls me and texts me and they're like oh we just ate this we ate that and i'm sitting there eating like a <laughs> like a tv dinner or whatever <laughs> like, like my mom makes these awesome rolls and my aunt makes this awesome like cornflake potato cat like i miss the mm-hmm. food part of it just the day of thanksgiving but i get over it very quickly um yeah. I'll, actually you might miss silk song but you've still got an alternate left I do. Not a very good alternate, but I do have an alternate left. But yeah, I think Silk Song is not going to make it. I think I'm at this point, I've resigned myself. I think we know. What is going on with that game? What What is going on with that game, Matt? Why does that game keep being delayed? It's really crazy. Um, but you're right. I think you'll have a zero now because yeah. of Space Cause I already Because I already had um, uh, 
two already fell out. Uh, Suicide Squad and one other that I can't remember. Yeah. And then I'm on my last alternate, too. Like, if Silk Song falls out, I need to swap that alternate in. Or if another one falls out, although I think I may be that's, done. I think Silk Song's the last thing on your list. I think you may be right. Um, but that's typically the way our leagues work. Also, don't forget, like, you guys have your own league going on, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. Um, and here, when we go to do our last episode of 2023, we'll crown the champ. I haven't looked at that. Stalker 2, that was my other one. Oh, right. Because I, I, I my last two tend to be long shots. Yeah. Well, that's what you should do. I mean, yeah. It, but you, you flirt with disaster when you do that sometimes. Yeah, just Suicide Squad was just like out of nowhere. Yeah, because why? It yeah. should have not been delayed. It should have easily. Because I got burned last year on Suicide Squad, remember? Yeah. And it should have came out last year, the yeah, light year before it's that. It's not going to make a difference. It's like, it's like yeah. just put it, it you're done. It's yeah. Over. And my alternate games have not got great scores, but it's better, better than, than zero. zero. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be crowning your champ for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge here in the next couple of weeks. And I haven't looked for like a month and a half. It may be over already. That happens with the challenge sometimes. Like somebody mm. you'll just see like, oh, they got all 10 of their games and their scores are higher than everybody else. Somebody may already know that they've won. Uh, but we'll do that formally here on the last episode of Game Face for 2023. Let's check in with you awesome people and see what you guys are up to on this fine week. Thanksgiving week. Uh, let's scroll all the way up here. So oh, to Limper, thank you for Twitch Prime. Fight TTJK, or Fight TJK, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, God of Gamblers, thank you. Caleb Faruqi, thank you for gifting all these tier one subs to our crew in chat. That's awesome. Um, MK Ness, thank you for subscribing at tier two. I think you just did that last, did he do that last episode? I thought he did. I don't know. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to us. Um, happy Teal Tuesday. I'm not sure what that means. Do you know what that means? Happy nope. Till Tuesday from Silk Snake. Um, turkey is a big deal here in Paris. Lots of people expect me to cook dank American food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. AJ the Legend Watson is like wifey is like, see you, bye. Yeah, she's a normal person who has a normal job that gets paid vacation days. Mm. And so she get, at this point, she gets like six weeks or seven weeks paid per That's year. good. Talking about France. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's like French vacation time yeah or Europe I mean Europe gets like a yeah. month and a half two months yeah France is in Europe yeah I'm just saying Europe in general yeah like, it's just not just France it's I just think of, of France as like because I was there when everybody suddenly went on vacation like I, I got to like a major city and everyone was gone yeah. I've never, never seen that before well, Eric they all went to Paris Eric Cartman says let's go Browns I guess you saw that the Steelers fired their offensive coordinator this morning the first time that they've fired a coach in season since 1941. Wow. That shows you how awful the Steelers' offense is. Um, but still, I only need three more wins out of the last seven games to win our bet, Eric Cartman is. And I've said all along, it's probably going to go down to the last week, and everything is unfolding exactly as I said it would. Uh, Mike's Q, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, what else we got here? I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Silk Snake says, Teal Tuesday is a precursor for Black Friday. Mm. Okay. I wasn't aware of that, actually. I thought that was like Cyber Monday. That's after. You're right. So, Tuesday, I didn't know there was a thing for the Tuesday before. Well, they send the things out earlier and earlier. I mean, I, got, I, had, I woke up yesterday and I had 150 spam emails. No, I know. It's Just, really bad. 
Although yeah. Gmail catches most of them. I still have an old Hotmail I, account. Because I'm like, man, I... I <laughs> doesn't catch anything. I bought one thing from you like seven years ago, and I swear I unsubscribe every <laughs> fucking... That's what I do this week usually is like I unsubscribe from all these lists I'm on. Yeah. Because everybody sends something. I'm like, no, off, 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 off. I bought one thing from you yeah. however many years ago because it was a Mass Effect thing, and I don't ever need to talk to you again. Like, it's... It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like I have a Hotmail account that I've had literally for twenty some years, and it can't filter anything. Mm-hmm. Every day I check that account, there's forty spam messages that made it through their filters. I still have an AOL account. Oh, from, really? Uh, it's an email from like 1996, <laughs> and um, I use it for like buying stuff and like receipts and things. You know, mm-hmm. like basically like things that aren't like actual communication with real. I use people. Hotmail for bills, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, and so. But it, yeah, so it doesn't filter anything. But and this is weird. Uh, I found this out through a bunch of experimentation and like uh, actual tech support from them. It cannot receive emails from automated emails from Warner Brothers Interactive. Wonder why? I don't know, but I, I can't get any WBID emails on it, and weird. I and like my account just like stopped working. I could and finally, <laughs> well, it is and they kept, they, they, I was literally on like live chat with the guys, and they're they're like, we're going to send you this. You get that? I'm like, no. You, you send this back to me. It's like, yeah, I got that. I, I'm going to reply to you. I'm like, nothing, no spam, no. Da, da. And he's like, I don't get it. You have a, you, eventually the solution turned out to be, do you have another email? <laughs> so I just had to make a new account. Interesting. That's crazy. The AOL account would not receive email from Warner Brothers ID. I mean, it's not that crazy because it is an AOL account. And I'm surprised they even exist. I'm still. like, you own them. Like, does like, AOL <laughs> still exist? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I guess they don't still At send the time, out those discs was... with like free 600 hours. No, there's nothing like it's, it's just like an email service. Like, <laughs> like you else. young kids may not realize this, but back in the dial-up days, AOL would send out these discs to connect to their dial-up internet, and it would say like. 600 free hours on the di- like it was measured in like minutes and hours like your internet yeah. usage back then dial-up like, was was the wild west it really was the crazy part was you could play games on dial-up and sometimes if you played it like the right time of night no lag yeah i mean you don't really need to send that much data for multiplayer games it's just any delay in that data is what screws yeah, things you, up I mean, so you play, you play some pretty solid games of unreal tournament i played tribes with like 64 players mm-hmm. on dial-up it's insane. It's crazy. Uh, so anyway, um, it is Thanksgiving week. It is Black Friday coming up. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit here in a minute. Um, but before we get going, this is our flagship show at Sifted. This is Game Face. Uh, this show and Sifted in general are supported 100% by our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. If you like the show, if you like what we're doing with our other shows, please head there and give us a pledge if you can, if you can't afford to. You can always head into the comment or the uh, description below if you're on YouTube, and there are instructions to help us for free with Twitch Prime, which is what we talk about all the time live when people are helping us out on the live chat. Um, and with that, I think we're about ready to get into housekeeping for today's episode. Um, we're going to start things off with handhelds. Handhelds are something that Matt and I really do not care about at all. <laughs> <laughs> neither I mean, one of us really use them. We neither, neither not one of us. They, not now that they don't have exclusive games. Yeah. Neither one of us have a use for them. Neither one of us really promote that other people should buy them. Um, I think the best uh, use case for them at this point is like, we only have one TV in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't have control over my entertainment devices, so I'm going to sit in the corner and pretend that playing Spider-Man yeah. 2 on an 8-inch screen is somehow as good as playing it with surround sound and 4K. Yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. That's the thing that's been driving me nuts about the PlayStation Portal reactions on like Twitter and 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 uh, threads and stuff is people just like posting like, 
It's like the full PlayStation Five experience. It's amazing. I'm just like that. Is, no, that is not the full play. <laughs> no, like my full PlayStation Five experience is a 70 inch television in 4K with fucking Dolby Atmos. Yeah. Okay, like that is not happening on this stupid little streaming thing you're holding. And by the way, I can see that you're connected to a Wi-Fi hotspot. <laughs> well, Matt, you may not want to hear this, but the PlayStation Q sold out everywhere. Like I don't believe that within minutes. Well, like I think this is scalpers like buying out the stock and they're all going to get fucked <laughs> well i mean if you go on ebay they're on there and right now they're marked up about 50 yeah. percent above msrp but they're not selling they're not the completed if you look at completed listings there's not much in that price range what are you making like 25 bucks off of them or something yeah like if you want to sell them for like 25 50 over like some that's of not worth the hassle no of course not <laughs> but babe, for whatever reason the scalping people the scalping community which is apparently a thing they really thought that this thing was going to be PS5 level margins. Oh, well, that's insane. Which is crazy. That's insane. Like, yeah. even no matter whether, well, no matter what you think of the PlayStation Portal, that wasn't happening. Like, right. you weren't going to sell this for double yeah, retail like the insane. PS5. Like, that's ridiculous. And they're um, a low ticket item, too. They're only 200 bucks. So, like, yeah. even if you sell double, is it worth the hassle? I don't know. <laughs> no, you're making 50 bucks on $200 item. I mean, that's not bad, but also yeah. when you're involving shipping and. Yep, volume. It's just, it's not worth, I mean, who cares? Even if it is scalpers. These things are also overpriced. Yeah, they're like, insane. It's ridiculous. Even if it is scalpers buying them, I'm still surprised that the scalpers bought them. Like, I'm surprised that it just sold out no matter how it happened. Like, I didn't think that would happen at all. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a little surprised by that. I'm not surprised to hear that they're not making a ton of money in the reseller market on eBay. Um, but, bottom line is if you're PlayStation and all you care about is like, hey, did we get rid of all those units? It did. Yeah. I mean, it true. sold all of them. So, but you better take that into account when you make more of them. Right. Yeah. And take into account why you sold out the launch allotment mm -hmm. so quickly. That if yeah. it's true, if it is, you know, people who are reselling them, you may want to be a little more careful with that second order. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of legs the PlayStation Portal Q, whatever the hell you want to call it, ends up having. None. I kind of think you're right. I think after this holiday season is over and people either get one or they meet somebody that got one, mm -hmm. I think the sales are going to plummet. Yeah. If it was a legitimate handheld, if it was a Steam Deck or a Switch kind of thing, but for a PlayStation, that would be different. Yeah, for sure. But this is reliant on a connection that's like, like again, like, yeah, if you want to play it in your house and your home network while your your rest of your family is, is playing something or watching something else and you have for some reason have lost all control of your life and can't <laughs> have to go play in a corner or yeah. um sure i guess uh but like for me at least like the time like because like also it's like you know all these tweets and stuff of people I mean, the, the reviewers or the influencers were out there it's like i'm playing spider-man at starbucks i'm like who the fuck wants to play spider-man at starbucks like it's just why would you want to do that it's yeah. just like I, if, the, the times I would want to actually sit down and play Spider-Man on that device would be very few and far between, and they'd be things like a plane ride, a plane trip, or a car trip, a train thing, ride, train like travel, like to yeah. fill the space on that, which are situations in which you would never have a reliable enough connection to make that work. Yeah, like there's just it's just not useful. Yeah, I mean if you think about it, it's internet cool on a plane. Trip. Internet on a train, always terrible. Yeah. Like, you're lucky if you can even get, like, a web page to load. Yeah. Let alone play a game. I just give up and watch the movies on their right. own thing. Because yeah. at least that's tied into the, the plane 
it would, it, you know, that automatically works. It does feel like it's something that was released for hardcore PlayStation fans to gobble up and yeah. add to their collection, and maybe they never use it. And but they're going to go on social media at first well, to say it's stuff, awesome. Like I've said stuff like that, and people's like, "Well, some people can't afford a second TV." I'm like. Well, then spend $200 on a TV instead of the PlayStation Portal. Actually, like, on Black Friday... You're going to be able to afford it. You a can yeah. get like a 50, 60-inch... I'm not exaggerating. You can get like a 50 or 60-inch 1080p TV for $100. Mm-hmm. Not that they're going to be all that good, but it's better than playing it it's on that a thing. a 1080p TV that's 50 or 60 yeah. inches. Like, it's better than playing it like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. I do think it's kind of just a fan thing right now, and I think it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but also, it wasn't just PlayStation Portal that had a great week. Also, what we talked about last week, the Steam Deck OLED also sold out. And not just, it wasn't the cheapest one that sold out. Yeah. It wasn't the cheapest one that sold out, Matt. It was like the one that's $649 or whatever. Yeah, because that's the that's the lowest priced one that's actually worth having. Yeah, it sold out in minutes. Like, gone. Um, so both handhelds, I mean, we're definitely in the minority. Like most I don't people know about that, find like, value in handhelds. I don't know about don't. most people. No. Clearly enough people to, uh, clearly they know how many people are interested and they make these companies. Just enough. Okay. I don't know about portal. Cause we'll see what this, when the scalpers back away, but clearly steam knows how many people are interested. Yeah. You know, I think they're meeting demand more than demand is some kind of, you know, silent majority of people who desperately want to spend obscene amounts of money to play games on a tiny screen instead of their PC rig. Um, but at least I kind of understand the use case for the Steam Deck more because it can actually play the fucking games natively. Yeah. You know, like there's no, you don't need an internet connection to make this. I mean, you do, but like once you've got the game installed, you do not need to have your PC on or in sleep mode or have a robust network. You can just go take this thing wherever you want and play whatever you want. Great. Yeah. At least that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, though, if you want either of those handhelds for Christmas, you're probably out of luck. You're going to have to go probably Yeah, you either got it now or you're not. I don't think they're going to get a second allocation out in time for that. You're probably going to have to go to eBay and overpay for it if you want. I mean, they might. Valve is pretty agile. They could theoretically. I I would say maybe maybe a a month from now. And look, people got their Steam Deck in like days. Yeah, Valve's manufacturing. If Valve gets their shit together and gets gets a new pre-order round up by like December 12th, you could have it in time for Christmas. You might be able to make it. I would be surprised, though. I think at this point, if you didn't get one, you're going to have to go to eBay or Craigslist and try to find one that way. If you want one, or maybe you're someone you're buying gifts for wants one, um, unfortunately, if you weren't on it, they're gone. So there you go. PlayStation Portal and Steam Deck both sold out this week, proving that there is a, a healthy market for handhelds, without a doubt, even though Matt and I have find no use for them pretty much at all. Um, next up, remember the Wonder Woman game? We got this little teaser trailer that doesn't show off hardly anything. Um, and then it just kind of disappeared. What was this? Was this Game Awards last year? Or? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really heard anything since. Well, this week that changed. And once again, it was because of a LinkedIn job profile. I'm telling you what, LinkedIn is like the ultimate game leaker at this point. Yeah, LinkedIn is the new laptop left open on a train by, by a Ubisoft employee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Because, once again, of a LinkedIn profile, someone looking for a job and putting their resume on LinkedIn. Or no, this is actually a job listing mm-hmm. for the game. That's what this one was. So Warner Brothers put up a job listing for the game and said, in the listing, it said, experience with games as a service preferred or as a bonus or whatever. It wasn't like one mm-hmm. of the main things in the job, but it was one of the things that they wanted in a potential employee or hire. And the people freaked out. 
Everyone was like, oh my God, here we go. It's Warner Brothers. We had all these problems with Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League. It's been delayed. And, you know, there's all rumors about games as a service swirling around that game too. And that's why they delayed it to take out the games as a service stuff. And then we get this information for Wonder Woman. Well, the internet freaked out and Warner Brothers was forced to comment. So I guess in some ways what you're saying earlier about raising, but we were talking before the show started about how if you raise a ruckus, sometimes you can get results. Mm-hmm. This got results because people started complaining about it and it forced Warner Brothers to actually comment on the game that they had basically said nothing about. And ultimately, it said that it is not a game as a service. However, they did share that the game is an action adventure and it has the Nemesis system in it. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about that? Well, I think the Nemesis system is extremely underused. I know it's patented so people can't use it outside of Warner Brothers, but like... That's an interesting choice for a Wonder Woman game. Yeah. Um, I mean, that I guess to some degree it makes sense because Wonder Woman doesn't have a lot of iconic villains. You you have Ares and I Cheetah. can't like name hardly any. <laughs> you have Ares and Cheetah and um, I guess Titania. Like, there's not too many. No. And so, and if you just sort of lean hard into the Greek mythology thing, you could sort of probably do like a bunch of orc style, you know. Bunch of I don't know minotaurs and centaurs. Yeah. You, can, you can mix and match some. You can make it work. Mythological figures and mm-hmm. kind of come up with an, a, a random army. That would work. I do think that the um, odds are to me the 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 listing for the for the um, games as a service experience that feels like boilerplate for like you know part, in part because like look let's face it once you're done with Wonder Woman whatever you're working on next probably going to be a game as a service and we'd like you to know what that is you know that's a good point they're like well you're only going to work on this for the next 18 months yeah. and we're, we're going to maybe want to keep you after that so yeah, and then we're probably going to make you do that so you're probably right that's probably the truth behind it all um, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't well I guess Warner Brothers isn't releasing enough games to even say like we're not getting the Nemesis system often enough no, it's I mean, just not releasing enough games <coughs> that would might have it. Yeah, um, I mean, you could have used it for. I mean, I think Arkham Knight could have used it. Yeah, um, I think it would be obvious to have a Batman game that did it. Mm-hmm. Frankly, yeah, um, I'm even, sure that's next. Or even if it's next. just like a taking the mob down thing, and it's mm-hmm. just sort of like you know organized crime gangster guys or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to work your way up to like the Penguin at the top or something, and in each area cool. or something. Yeah. Each thing could be like a Gotham district. Mm-hmm. Look, I've already made a more interesting Batman game than they've done in the last 10 years. And <laughs> we just spitballed it for five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where we're at. I'd rather play even a mediocre version of that than Suicide Squad. I'll yeah. That right now. Um, Are you open to the idea that, like, you might end up liking Suicide Squad? No. <laughs> what happens I just if don't, you start I just, playing it and you're like, well, this actually is I just awful. don't know what situation that would be because right. it's a shooter. I don't yeah. want that. I That's don't true. care about I mean, to me, it's like, all right, maybe you like Borderlands. I mean, no, I'm done with Borderlands. I don't need yeah. to play Borderlands 4. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> over. Like... Like the and like Tiny Tina or Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is sort of in the same boat, but I did like that because of the tone and the attitude, and it was just changed up enough to not feel like a normal like Borderlands shooter. Yeah. So I like the theming on it. I do not like any of that in Suicide. I don't care about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is one of the most dead end like IPs DC DC has. Like the only character in that whole game that has made any kind of cultural impact is Harley Quinn. And like maybe if that game came out in 2017 when like Suicide Squad was still the hot thing and everyone was dressing as Harley Quinn for Halloween and all that, it would have made more sense. But this game feels like it's going to be seven years late to the party, and I don't care. Yeah. 
I don't want to play as King Shark anyway, but I definitely don't want to play as King Shark with a machine gun. <laughs> like, what? It has yeah. nothing to do with superheroes. It has nothing to do with any of these characters. Like, what are you thinking? Like, what do you... Like, oh, yeah, we definitely need... You know, we'll get the kids packing them in. Is this Captain Boomerang <laughs> with his trademark <laughs> teleporting... Like, it just sounds like Gotham Knights again. It's just a like, who bit. the fuck wants to... Like, well, I like all these characters in Gotham Knights. I don't even enjoy playing that. Uh-huh. I it just, it's it's stupid. <laughs> yep. Um, another smaller story from this week is something that we mentioned to you guys a week ago or two weeks ago. There was rumors flying around the industry about it. And as it turns out, those rumors were true. And The Last of Us Part Two Remastered is on the way. Not only is it on the way, Matt, it is coming on January 19th to mm-hmm. PlayStation 5. Um this so what happened was this story broke it got leaked out because i think playstation network made a mistake and posted the game yeah, something went up in one some territory that had it up for a brief second and, and someone saw it mm. and then once that happened naughty dog was just like screw it just yeah, I, mean, I would imagine this was supposed to be announced at game awards maybe yeah because it's getting close you got you had to say it soon right? yeah so I, my guess is this was a game awards reveal probably so jeff got a little bit screwed on this one um one cool thing I would say, because I'm, I don't know, I'm in the camp of like, dude, how much, how much better can the game look? I mean, watching this trailer, it does look better. It does look better, and I'm sure it runs better, which yeah. is sort of the big which thing. Was, that is important, yeah. for sure. Um, um, it's weird that there's no PC version yet. No. I thought this would be alongside the PC version. I agree. That, that I thought so as well. But, but I also didn't think it was coming this soon. Like, no, I figured they would try to align this with uh, the the ne- next season of the show. I thought, like, next holiday season at the earliest. But no, it's coming here in, like, a, a month and a half or two months. I mean, it makes sense to me that you want to get some kind of Last of Us content out there for the people that got hooked on the show about a year later to sort of, like, be like, oh, I'll try this now. Kind yeah. Of thing. And then um, there's new content. There's this, what we're seeing right now, this brand new survival mode. It seems like it's a horde mode for the most yeah, part. Yeah, sort of a horde mode roguelite thing. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it's great. It's great that that's a bonus. But I think the coolest thing of all, honestly, is that if you already own the PlayStation Four version of the game, you get this version for ten bucks. Yeah. So they're thinking about the fans. They're not going to gouge their fans. Try to get their fans to pay for it twice. Although you wouldn't know it by the people screaming about this online. What do you mean? People hate this. Like, the, the, oh really? Like, the, I've seen more people screaming about this and how it should be free if you already have. It's like, oh. look, dude, like that's less than a skin on Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> or um, less than a fatality. Or that it's like, oh, it's a, it's a it's a two you know it's a, it's a two year old game and they're already okay. First off, it's a three and a half year old yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, second, Spider Man got remastered sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody had a problem with that. Yeah, that's um, true. Who cares? Like, if you don't want it, don't buy it. Right. I don't understand the fear over oh, it's too soon to remaster. Who cares? Who yeah, I think a, a lot of people are like, well, Don't Naughty Dog could have been doing something no, else. No, they couldn't. This yeah. was a project they gave like new people. Nixes basically. or something. This is yeah. not This is not coming out instead of Last of Us 3 or right. new fantasy property, whatever they were working on that they've never mentioned again. Yeah. Um, like this is not instead of anything else. This yeah. is just something they're putting out to probably just make it look busy. I mean, or make it look like there's actual games coming out exclusively for PlayStation at yeah, this point. Yeah, the schedule's a little light. Yeah. Might as well get something out. Yeah. Yeah. Where's uh, the fucking uh, uh, Sly Cooper collection? Right. Like, you could fill that schedule with some stuff. No, saying. yeah, there's plenty of opportunities there. And it is weird to Save me resistance. that this game is already being remastered, but I think the way I look, I'm looking at it is like, it's no skin off of my ass if they do it. Yeah. And I think they're just like, you know what? Let's turn the page from this game. 
Yeah. They don't have to touch this Here's again. Here's the definitive version. Once it's made Look in 4K, out, you're done. Like, they're done. Like, and there it is yeah. forever, and they can just sit back like Grand Theft Auto Five and just let the yeah. sales just ten, roll up for the next ten, 10 years. Ten bucks is fine for an extra mode that looks pretty interesting yeah. and, some, and better performance. I mean, that's sure. a good point. Is people are getting an extra mode and extra content that they weren't getting for the ten bucks. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have no problem with. If they were going to try to charge me seventy bucks again, yeah, I'd then be oh, you know, we'd be breathing yeah. fire on a game face if they did that. The ten dollar upgrade for some extra stuff and better performance. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. I have no problem with that at all. I mean, I don't know if I want to go through that again. <laughs> what the game? Yeah, I mean, the game is not you're not a pleasant afternoon in this in the in the park. It know? is interesting when you think about playing that game again that there's like a, an emotional toll that you're wondering mm-hmm. if you want to pay again. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Like it, there were moments where I was like, "Damn!" Like, yeah, it's like watching like, a Gaspar Noe movie. It's right. just like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I did it. It's a good movie, but it's like, Can I don't, do it uh, again. Yeah, Walk, yeah. I mean, walking out of walking out of Gaspar Noe's climax at like we saw a 10 a.m. show. We walked out at like noon. I, there's nothing more jarring than walking out of a movie or or do, like that, and it's sunny out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? The, <laughs> so much day left. What am I supposed to do? Um, Shora F, who is a game developer who's in our chat quite often, says, I think $10 is very fair, but as someone who worked on the original part two, I don't think anyone authored any asset higher res than you actually see in the game. So he's saying that they have to redo all the assets. Yeah, well. Well, that's I, why people hard, are paying you for it. It's hard to notice. I got, you know, I've seen the side-by-side stuff, and I, you know, I can tell that like the lighting is a little better. Like yeah. the, I think the faces look Faces look a little better. better. Um, it's more noticeable in motion. Like the screenshots don't really do just. I mean, you can see that, like, you know, the lighting on one side of Ellie in that one shot is like this way in the PS4, and then you look at the PS5, and like, oh, you can see detail on the shadowed side of her face because the ray tracing is there, and you can, like, it's th- it's it's a difference. Yeah. It, you know, it's very subtle, and it'll it makes more sense in motion. Now here's the PS4 version. I mean, but there's no <laughs> it's yeah, no there's, slouch. No slouch. I mean, but neither was Spider Man. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad. I mean, I think this game is amazing. I think everybody should play it. Every adult should play it anyway. Um, and, <laughs> Damn it, Tommy. Finish the game. I don't want to. And um, I'm gl- I mean, it's good that there's going to be a better definitive version out there for every new person who wants to play it going forward that they can experience and experience mm-hmm. it in its best light. So and It's important to have both of those games ready to go for the fans of the TV show yep. that get a PS5 and want to experience this thing. Yep. Barry Lomax um, says... I do enjoy all the people that are... Because uh, like, they announced that... They didn't announce it, but I think they did pretty much more or less confirm that Pedro, Pedro Pascal is going to be uh, Mr. Fantastic. No. Oh. Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how is he going to have time to, to to shoot Last of Us seasons while he's if he's in Marvel movies? And it's like, oh, you, oh no. <laughs> oh, you... Good luck, folks. Yeah. You, I just, you, you remember that there's a bunch of people that don't know... How things work. ...where this is going. Yeah. It's just like... Whew. Yep. <laughs> sort, sort of the same... <laughs> Sort of the same deal with the invincible thing. It's right. Like, it's like, oh boy, people. You don't know where you this really, is going. You really don't know where this is going. It's... Um, Barry Lomax says, it's funny. I don't understand why people fanboy so hard and get mad. I'm in my 30s, but even if I wasn't, I wouldn't care. There's more to life than game. I agree with you. Yeah. When even it's like, there are games I don't have any interest in playing that come out every day. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't play I just, them. I just let it go. Just let it go. I don't even recognize that they're released anymore, and it just no. has changed my life. <laughs> it's so funny. Like one of those developers that just makes like the rip-off anime porn games might have like the greatest platformer ever in them, and they don't make them because they're busy making Milf Hunter or whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> well, like why aren't you mad about that? Yeah. Like as long as we're talking hypothetical nonsense, right? 
Uh, Mike's Q says, unless they have part one, part two remaster bundle, I will wait still. I still have not played these games. Bounced off the first one three times. The first one, I can understand. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like the first one very much the first time I played it. I liked it a lot better when I kind of went back like a year or two later and like knew what I was getting into. And then I liked it a lot more for whatever reason. I liked it a lot more after two. Yeah. Like I two is a vastly superior oh, game. It's a like different league gameplay. I'm not talking game yeah. wise. Like it's just yeah. a better game for sure. Every respect. In every way. Yep. For sure. Um, and that and way, then, I almost tell Mike's cue to start with the second. Well, it's one. weird, right? Like, I know it's weird. Like because I played two and I really liked it, and I wanted more, but I didn't want to play two over again because I just played it, uh-huh. and like so I went back and I because I had played the Last of Us remastered, whatever the you know the the, the remaster, whatever it was at the time, uh-huh. and only got a little. Not didn't get too far into it. I got like you know maybe out of Boston, and then I went back and loaded it up to see how I felt about it, and I finished it. I just like went all the way through it, and like for whatever reason, two made me more forgiving of one's flaws mm. and still did when when the the remake the the PS5 one you know the the new one they did yeah. uh, that was a lot easier for me to play now although they did update they the made some changes that. so yeah that. you're not going to run into that I, I, some of the reasons you probably bounced off it are gone now yeah. if you play the PS5 version yeah um it's not on the level of what 2 does but it is way better yeah. way way better yeah my skew i hope that you play both they're both worth playing second one mm. particularly is worth playing um, do you think they'll ever bundle those two together? Maybe. Maybe for a Good. Black Friday sale someday or something. I mean, I, I think there's something to be... I mean, probably at the... I mean, I'd say maybe at the end of season two. Yeah. You, know, you do a little bundle thing and be like, hey, you want to experience the original version? Here it is. Yeah. Thing. I do wonder what they'll do with the show after season two. I think it's going to take more than one season to tell... To get through two part story. two. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, don't forget, it's coming out January 19th. So not that long to wait. Um, and again, if you already own the PS4 version, upgrade for $10. Otherwise, the game's going to cost $70 for first-time customers. And I think if they play it, particularly particularly in its remastered form, they won't regret that $70 purchase. So, uh, big news coming very soon. Next up, so we talked a couple weeks ago about Kong Skull Island, this god-awful game that was released. And it's, it was published by this company called Game Mill. Which, by the way, has been around forever. It has, yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, if you go on Sifted and look at the publisher page for Game Mill, there's just dozens and dozens of Yeah, games. they go back to at least 20 years. Oh, yeah. They've been out, been, been around for a while. Well, we talked about... They, yeah, they made big rigs. Big rigs, yeah. I mean, Over the road racing. Yeah, which is one of the worst games of all time. You are winner. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the funnest reviews we ever did, I think, on X-Play, mm-hmm. was our big rigs review. Um, but anyway, they, this publisher has come out with another game that may be just as bad or worse called The Walking Dead Destinies. I was actually kind of interested in this game when I first heard about it because it's the thing with Walking Dead games is you can never it's hard to tell whether they're going to be based on the TV show or they're going to be based on the comics. And I'm someone who never read the comics. I only watch the TV show, so I don't really care that much about the comics. So I'm always looking for games that are based on the TV show instead of the comics. And that's what this was. This game is based entirely on the actual, on the TV show. You can see it has the likenesses and in many cases, the voices of the actors who played on the television show. But the thing is, is you can go back and you can change pivotal moments from the TV show, which to me just seems like sacrilege. How do you feel about that, Matt? 
It's a video game. Go ahead and do whatever you want. It is, but I mean, if you're like the person who's really into like the TV or the film side of things, you're you don't find it a little offensive that you would no, just let well, people that, no. manipulate the narrative. Oh, why? Well, that's the point of an interactive medium. Well, I mean, you can make it interactive and not let people completely destroy the story that you created. I mean, it doesn't get destroyed. The show still exists. The comic still exists. Yeah, you got that, that's that's the that's the weird Star Wars fan argument. That's the that's the George Lucas rate my childhood thing. It's uh, just like no, it's still there. Like even if you don't like the Ghostbusters remake, you can go watch Ghostbusters again. It's fine. Yeah. And like that used to be the whole thing. That was the how they sold license games for years. Like you decide what happens, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. Like that's a fine idea for a, especially a game a, a, a game based on Walking Dead. Which walk, watching Walking Dead, half of what you're doing is screaming about how stupid these fucking people are. So yeah, a game in which you can make smart decisions instead of what they chose to do might be a good idea. But apparently not from these these guys. Well, I think one of the not problems is, is how they how they handle letting you change the outcome of stuff. Like you know, there's moments in it. Which, how far did you make it to The Walking Dead before you quit watching? I quit on the second. I think second episode of the second season. Okay. Is the episode where they tr- they spent the whole episode trying to get the zombie out of the well? Oh. And they're like, you can't you can't break it, pull it too hard, it'll break in half and contaminate the water. It's already contaminated. There's a fucking corpse in the well. Like yeah. it's not, it doesn't matter what you do anymore. The fucking what you're gonna drink that shit? Fuck you. I just I never came back. That was the end of that. But you did you see the showdown with Rick and I think Shane was his name. No, but I know what happens. Cause, oh, okay. Because uh, that's in the comics. Okay. Well, that's like a really big pivotal moment in the show. Yeah. And it does feel a little Cause weird. Because Carl shoots him, right? No, Rick does. Oh. Rick kill, stabs him in the heart and kills him. Oh, Sorry, okay. I just spoiled some, a huge moment in the from, show for from you. From 10 years ago. Yeah. In the, in the comics, uh, Shane starts to win that fight and Carl shoots him. Oh, interesting. And, kill, and kills him. Okay. And that, that's like Carl's first brush with adulthood brush with, or brush with monsterhood yeah like carl goes some dark places oh, yeah. in, the, in the comic yeah he, i mean he kind of did in the show too unless you choose that in which case apparently he goes right. one particularly dark place and never comes back <laughs> well anyway for me personally i think for most people who watch the show that scene had huge emotional heft to it like because you didn't know who's going to come out alive and you knew that it would change the story of the show for forever it does seem a little weird i mean to be i was able pretty to... sure the guy who was billed as the star of the show was going to come out alive right? but i think at that point you didn't know that i mean i knew were... that guy was signed for three seasons so, i didn't like... see i didn't know that but I mean, see, Shane does come back, I think, doesn't he even flashbacks or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, a little that? bit. You see that actor again, I assume? You see him a little bit, but not. he doesn't come back as, like, a character or no. anything like that. But um, it does seem a little weird to me to change, like, that moment because it was such a big deal. I, mean, I hear you. Like, I mean, it's just a video game. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, but what people are mostly complaining about, it's not that you what can change it. What if stuff happens in stuff all the time? I mean, Marvel yeah. does that. It's not that, they, that you can change it, that people are pissed off about it. It's how little caring they have for those moments so like one of those scenes that were very tense in the show it turns into like this corny like horde mode in the game full of like slapstick one-liners and like they basically just haven't handled the ip with respect i guess is the best way to they made it like a joke ultimately Mm. and that's what people are upset about i can't really fault them for that because the ip did that to itself it kind of um, did it j- definitely jumped the shark like at that just, point. it's it's a it's really it feels like a skill issue here yeah. like i've watched some footage of this and it's just like that's not how games work in this century <laughs> like, like, like this there's point there's points where this looks like a ps2 game mm-hmm. not necessarily graphically but in terms of game design like this is the shit i would expect from a licensed game 20 years ago mm-hmm. yep i agree but they're not gone <laughs> somehow game mill is keeping them alive 
So we had Kong Skull Island, and now we have this game. Two games that are just awful licensed games, and we haven't seen that for quite a while. Um, next up, a smaller story from this week. Uh, we got information out of a Gearbox that a couple sequels are on the way. The first one isn't that big of a surprise, although Matt did just mention it, and that is Borderlands 4. I don't think anyone is surprised that a new, another Borderlands game is coming. No, although this, I mean, this isn't Gearbox, right? Because they don't own it anymore. Yeah, I think 2K owns it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think somehow 2K got that IP out of Gearbox, which was a huge mistake by Gearbox to sign that. Yeah, I don't away. really know why that. I don't either. Why they did that? I don't know why it would do that, but it did. Um, maybe Randy sold it off so he could afford to buy the Magic Castle. Maybe, <laughs> although I think he got paid out very well. I don't think he has to worry about money for the rest of his life. Um, but again, surprising nobody, there is a Borderlands 4 on the way. We don't know when. Um, we don't know much details about it, but we just we just found out that there's one coming. The bigger is this. This is three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Borderlands 3. I was going to say, I defy you to tell the difference. Right. Which I had to drag myself through, ultimately. Like, I got about 10 or 12 hours into it, and it became work to get through Yeah, it turns out I had two Borderlands in me. Yeah. And that was it. And that was... (laughs) hit the quota. Well, the bigger surprise to me, because Borderlands still sells pretty well, but the bigger surprise to me is that we're also getting a sequel to Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Well, that did pretty well. It did not do very well. I thought it did. No. Not only that, like, did it not sell very well? Like, its servers and everything, like, there was nobody playing it, like, two months afterwards. It got discounted down to, like, $25 within, like, two months or something like that. Um, so, it, I think it sold okay out of the gate, and then it just had no legs. So, I'm surprised. Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they look at it like, oh, it's a new IP, so our expectations are lower. Maybe they thought that that was an auspicious debut for a, for new IP. I don't know. All I know is I really liked it, first of all, I should say. I think both of us liked it when we talked about it on Game Face. But that doesn't mean I'm not surprised that it that it's getting a sequel because you guys didn't care. Like, I see all the data on the website, the traffic from you guys and girls about what you're watching, what you're reading, and the take, numbers for this game were abysmal on Sifted. You guys hardly watched anything about take, it. So take twos uh, in their, their earnings report that year mm-hmm. uh zelnick says uh tiny teen is viewed as the best new franchise launch from 2k in several years over 40 percent of wonderlands player had never played a borderlands game before take two's a company report notes that tiny teen as wonderlands was among the company's biggest successes alongside the newly released wwe 2k22 and the enduring popularity of red dead redemption 2 so they seem to be really happy with it for that doesn't reason. convince me of much i'll be honest with you um that's their financial report. They're trying mm-hmm. to put on a happy face for that as they can. Well, that's also illegal to lie about that in those meetings. But so. they don't give any numbers. Um, no, but it does say they out the tiny team outperformed expectations. Now that might have just been. I mean, you can just bomb, make up what but, your expectations. But that are. doesn't mean you got to give it a sequel. It sounds like it did better than you might think. Maybe. Um, but it's still. I mean, I mean it's obvious. Here's the thing, Matt. When you don't give specific numbers, it means it didn't do very right. well. No, when <laughs> typically that it means that unless you then spend the money to do another one, right? That indicates something <laughs> else. Yeah. Now I, I wonder. I mean, without Gearbox behind it, I wonder. I mean, I, not that the tone of Borderlands and Tiny Tina is that hard to really ferret out. I mean, they're but, also very similar. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, if you put these two games in front of a lot of people, I don't think most people will be able to tell the difference. No, between... only the same world, <laughs> yeah, right? So, you know, just one of them is a D and D game in the world. Yeah. But like, um, it's amazing how people don't wall. get that. But it's breaking the fourth wall. You yeah. Mean? Well, no. Yeah. How many people don't get that? That Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is in the Borderlands right. series. Yeah. Like that. It's 
it's set inside yeah, the it's game. It's a game they're playing inside right. the universe of Borderlands. <laughs> well, it only has like those. There's little vignettes that pop up here and there. They yeah. don't. They don't dwell on it very much. But, but it's like she's in the game. Like, yeah. What do you think she's in the game? I mean, they're <laughs> right. all part of. It. I mean, they yeah. talk about the other Borderlands characters too. Like, I think most people just don't care enough to figure. Right. I mean, it's not like it's like super compelling lore or anything. But I like, mean, again, like I like when this... they try to make you sad about that one. The one soldier guy dying. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that did happen, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. i mean again i have empirical data that i at least y'all didn't care about tiny tina's wonderland at all like it the number but remember so remember what they said there was 40 percent of players had never played borderlands Borderlands. before how many people on sifted have never played borderlands like this hit this hit a different audience apparently somehow like yeah i guess the people that are into D &D but don't play like that is a weird (laughs) target but i guess they hit it they hit it somehow yeah uh, but anyway, a sequel is on the way. At least as of right now, it's on the way. Of course, that could always change. Eventually, they could decide that they don't want to do it, and they could cancel it. But um, apparently, the scenarios were already written for it, and there is actual some pre-production that had been done on it already. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's coming. Uh, I don't know if it's a good idea. If I were running Take-Two, I probably wouldn't publish the game. What else the are game. they putting out? Right. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> and whatever they put out doesn't matter, because GTA 6 will Just obliterate that. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, if you're a fan of Gearbox's old games or just the Borderlands IP in general, there's good stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, next up, a major game just had a major anniversary. That's kind of happening just across the board right now, Matt, because the industry is just maturing to the point where it's 30, 40 years old. Yeah, well, also it's 25 years since 1998. Yeah, so, so you're going to have these milestones coming up. And Ocarina is somewhere in here? Ocarina, I think it's 25th anniversary is today. Something like that. I think it's today. Yeah. Today or yesterday? In there. I mean, yeah. all, they were all around the same. Like, Half-Life was like a week before uh, uh, Ocarina and Metal Gear. Yeah, what a year that was. Um, and Metal Gear and Ocarina were the same day. Right. And obviously, we just had the big 25th anniversary release of the Metal Gear collection. Um, and they're not doing anything for Ocarina of Time's 25th, which is a no. little weird. I thought we might get like a port of the you know, the 3DS version or something at least, but no, we get nothing. Well, instead, Nintendo can learn a thing or two from Valve because Valve is blowing out Half-Life like you would not believe. Half-Life is now 25 years old. I'll never forget the first time I played it and how it completely changed my expectations of what a first-person, at least a single-player, first-person shooter could be. I mean, at that point, I was already playing Tribes, so I was already on the multiplayer train, but... As far as single-player, first-person shooters, this changed everything going forward. It created how, basically, these games are structured, how their cutscenes work, how the cutscenes are integrated into the gameplay, how you transition from the gameplay to the cutscenes, and all those things nobody had ever really figured out, or they had tried to figure them out poorly. This game really solved a lot of problems for first-person shooter developers that have stayed a part of first-person shooter development 25 years later. It really is amazing. And they're they're not just having a celebration or having an online hoopla or whatever. They're actually putting out some stuff for this. Um, there are going to be four new multiplayer maps. The game will have Steam Deck support. There's cut content, which is crazy to me. There's cut content that they're going to put back in the game. And there's a bunch of other stuff that they're doing for it, too. Um, do you think you can still enjoy playing the first Half-Life, Matt? Um, I tried a few years ago when they put out some like whatever. There was a some fan did like a remake. This is Black. This is it. Black yeah. Mesa. Yeah. Uh, it turns out the answer to that is no. Yeah. Uh, it's it was a revolution at the time, but it's been 
it feels kind of archaic now. Half-Life 2 still works for me. Because Half-Life it has, 2 still works. It has yeah. the gravity gun. Yeah, and... the physics change things. Like yep. the, 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 the feeling of the world is more tangible in 2, for yep. sure. Um, but, again... You know, this game is now 25 years old, yeah, and, and it's today, not bad. Today is, in fact, 25 years to the day since Ocarina. Ocarina, today. Tw- I November, thought it was. November 21st. Yeah. And nothing from Nintendo for it. No. Which is weird. It's like only it's like the it's greatest Met- game of all time. Yeah, it's like it's Metroid or something. <laughs> What's going on? It's a little bizarre. Um, so anyway. Too busy counting their money from Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I know our audience is a little older. I'm, I am curious though, if most of them have played the original Half-Life. I played it. I didn't have a, a gaming PC at the time, but my friend did, so I played it. Played most of it there. Uh, we, we were mostly looking for Ocarina. Yeah, we would go in almost every other day to the GameStop and say, "Is it here?" Because sometimes they'd get them early, and we'd be like, "And, and we'd just walk in, and they just yell, no." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cinetike asked about The Last of Us. Isn't The Last of Us Part One the original game running in Part Two's engine? A little bit. I'm not sure what that is. I think it is, actually. I think it was built in Part 2's engine. Uh, what else you guys got in here? Anything we were asking? Nope. Uh, no talk about Half-Life in here. It's interesting. Maybe a lot of you guys haven't played it or it just came after your well, time. Well, you're way behind. What do you mean? You're, oh. still, you're still in the part where we're talking about Walking Dead. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I have a ways to scroll here. Um, Erebus Jones, there are literally no cutscenes in Half-Life? No. no. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, cinematics. There's no, like, pre-rendered things the thing with half-life was all the story was told in real time in engine things happening in front of you mm-hmm. um what else uh, cinetike says i played the original half-life but didn't like it enough to play the next one you played it back when it came out and you didn't think it was good enough to play the next one or like three years ago if you played it back in 1998 and you didn't think it was good enough to play the next one, what shooters were you playing back then, bro? What? How did I miss these awesome shooters in 1998? Well, I might have. I mean, half. I knew a lot of people that weren't into Half Life because they were shooter fans that were into the shooting. You know, they were into the they were Quake players and mm-hmm. Unreal play like the they competitive were, side. They were, yeah, they were they were shooting people. They didn't care about yeah. some kind of story driven thing like that. They was Half Life was too slow for them. Contana says, I didn't have a PC back then. There weren't, I mean, being a PC gamer back then, you were an elite class. Yeah. Like, all my friends had consoles. I was the only one that had a gaming PC. Literally the only one. All my friends had N64s and Dreamcasts and PlayStations. I was the only one that had a Voodoo 2 card of my whole crew of friends. Um, It was way more niche back then than it is now. Um, uh, Cinetite says, I played it in like 2001. So three years after. So, Halo, you would have got Halo by then. Well, it depends what part I had 2001. Yeah. Halo was the end of that year. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like Half-Life, he, maybe he just doesn't like shooters. Half-Life showed the way, but Halo changed how shooters were made. Like, that was the end of the boomer shooter was Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean as far as, like, a campaign is concerned? As far as just how you approach it. Like, mm-hmm. shooters just became a different thing after Halo. And, like, it, Halo is a direct descendant of Half-Life in terms of presentation, mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, the dramatic story. Yeah, that throw, all came from you know, All that like, all comes from that. But, like... Um, like Halo was really the one because it was on piece because on console. Oh yeah, that was, I mean, I mean, as I mean, far as mass audience is concerned, I mean, ha- it's, it's unfortunate that, that that Half-Life never made it to the Dreamcast because they were going to do that, and then the Dreamcast obviously did not uh, did not prove to be worthwhile on that. But JJ Forcebreaker brings up a good point. He says here in Central Europe, ninety five percent of people I knew had PCs and only PCs. That's yeah. that's accurate. Not just in Central Europe, that was accurate across all of Europe. Europe has been the haven for PC gaming for a long time. It. 
ebbs and flows here in the US, it's always rock solid in Europe. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And a lot of it is just like the pricing for consoles there is higher and yeah. there's that, a lot that goes into it. Uh, Caleb Farouk, that's an interesting question. Who impacted the genre more, Halo or Modern Warfare? Hmm. I'm gonna argue that Modern Warfare impacted first person shooters more, but Halo impacted games more. Hmm. I think Halo had more influence overall. It established the xbox yeah. it changed how you expected the dramatic presentation of games to work well i guess it, influence if it's really just influence the fact that xbox is still alive yeah 23 years later that's because yeah. of halo whereas like modern warfare i think it had massive influence on how uh, shooters shooters are, are done yeah but didn't really change a whole lot about games the le- well or the landscape of the industry in yeah. general because I, what you're giving credit to halo for i give that credit to half-life instead of halo I don't. Because, and even the multiplayer side of Halo, like, I was playing better multiplayer shooters on my PC and my Voodoo 2 card than oh, but, Halo by a oh, mile. But, but better doesn't matter. Like, widely adopted matters. Yeah. Okay. Like, the, like, the fact that you could just grab... I'm just an, talking about influential, things that influence things on down the road. But. Right, so am I. I. I'm saying that the fact that you could drag an Xbox to someone else's dorm room and everyone could play GoldenEye-style, you know, first-person shooting like that, and then you could go online and do it as well, that changed things. But that was only Half-Life 2, right? You can huh? play online. Half Life about 1? Halo. Oh, I mean Halo. You could play Halo One online. I you, don't think you could. Halo Two, you could. Yeah, Only but Halo, Halo Two. But Halo, yeah. Halo One was like dragging things around and doing doing the land parties and stuff. Yeah. Um, which was old hat in the PC world, but that the was P- very niche. But though. The, it it was not niche on college campuses. The four it player was, thing. That's all. Big, big that's N sixty four's credit. Four player. Right, Goldeneye, but like Mario Kart, the yeah. idea of taking that experience and then hooking it up into lands and then hooking it up into Xbox Live—that's all Halo. Like Halo, Halo forced online play onto consoles, basically. I would it, agree with that. Yeah, and that changes everything in a way that just can't be measured. Whereas like Modern Warfare, I think revolutionized how you approach first-person shooters to the point that Halo still doesn't quite know how to adjust to yeah. that. Yeah, it like, struggled trying to go from its aesthetic to the modern yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. yeah, and I think the fact that Modern Warfare can not Modern Warfare, I mean Call of Duty when I say that, but Call of Duty still more or less forever criticisms people have of it year to year still pretty much rules that roost, and Halo struggles to. Find Find its footing mm-hmm. like halo was an important game modern warfare was an important shooter i think i, I think halo is more important as a game than it was as a shooter yeah uh and i, I mean think, just I think, solely because and it i think that's xbox alive and i think the same is true of half-life yeah i think half-life was more important as a game than a shooter because half-life it wasn't just shooters it was just the fact that you could present a dramatic story in front of you in the engine without breaking the immersion Expect, well, having to wait for loading yeah, screens, making, making that all sort of a, a, a seamless thing mm-hmm. like that that, that that was the important thing about Half Life. I, mean, you know, I, I don't I rarely even think of Half Life as a shooter. I think of it as a whacking people with a crowbar game more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and I think Half Life Two gets similar credit in the sense of like bringing the physics engine into the gameplay yeah. over just sort of having to be a weird sure. thing that can happen. Like it's cool that the guy falls over and has physics when his body dies, but it's more cool that I can pick up anything and throw it at a head crab. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, those years, like the mid-90s to late 90s, it really is crazy how many things happen. And even up Mm. until like 2000, 2001, that five or six year period, it is amazing how many games came out that are still influencing games today. Well, it's the period where people were figuring out how to use the 3D properly. Yeah, It's like, you know, the equivalent is the early 80s arcade scene where everyone was kind of inventing genres every other day. I mean, I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for that era because I liked video games, like 2D games, Mm -hmm. a lot. I played them my whole life. A lot of people would argue I was very obsessed with them. 
it wasn't until games became polygonal that it kicked into a different gear for me. Once I saw that eventually we were going to probably make it to virtual reality, that's what hooked me in. And that's what that's how I be- ended up here. Like I could have ended up being a sports journalist or I could have ended up covering so many different things. The reason I ended up here covering games is because of 3D games. Like mm-hmm. I had a passion for gaming my whole life. I became obsessed once it became polygonal. I think I probably still would have ended up on the same trajectory either way. Um, but uh, the significance of 3D to me was when I, I got the N64 for Christmas in 96. And uh, it was a big uh, uh, New Year's party, New Year's Eve party at my friend's mansion. Mm-hmm. His dad was a big Whatever. Med- medical bill. <laughs> he, he invented one of the valves that goes in your heart oh. when you get a you got a valve <laughs> okay. replacement. Yeah, he was doing all right. Yeah, but he had a giant. had a giant. They would have huge, you know, hundred, like two hundred people at this party. Parties, yeah, right. And they and he's like he's like bring bring the game bring the games like bring the N sixty four. I'm like so yeah. So I brought it and they wheeled out like this fifty inch projection TV to the indoor pool <laughs> and we sat while I was like put towels around everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's my N sixty four. But we also we all played we played it's Mario and Shazia. But everyone and I mean everyone wanted to turn on Mario 64. Yeah. Every people that I had known all through high school and had never wanted to touch a video game before were like I want to play that. And I was like that's when I realized oh this is going to be huge. I knew it like, too. Like this is going to be bigger than anyone can imagine. This this industry is going to blow up. And so when I started realizing there were TV shows about video, I'm like oh that's a that's a path. That I, cool. I, that was a path. So <laughs> yeah. so yeah. while I don't think I would have had any less interest in doing that for a living like if 2D had remained the thing. Mm-hmm. I think only 3D made it viable. Paved the way. Yeah. yeah. Like 3D made it something you could show on TV and not have like non-gamer people be like, why are you putting this on television? Yeah. Like, and they still said that to us anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hell, that happened. <laughs> yeah. It used yeah. to happen even when we were run- We had a TV show entirely devoted to video games and every once in a while I'd try to put like a 2D thing on there and like our boss would be like, why is that on the show? I'm yeah. like, because it's new and it's cool. And like, But it's, mm, no one cares. No one cares. I'm like, it's Symphony of the Night, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. People care, I yeah. promise. He's like, no. He didn't care. No, he didn't that's care. That's the thing. But that's the thing though, is that people like him started caring when games became polygonal yeah as you said it paved the way for us i remember when i i took my playstation over to some of my friends at stanford they're 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 they didn't have they couldn't afford anything they had no any they had no time for video games so i was the one who had to show them cool shit Mm -hmm. and i brought the playstation over and i I put in something in the night because it was brand new it just come out and they were so you know you remember the beginning of something i does that like rudimentary 3d swirl oh, yeah, around, yeah. around the castle <laughs> yeah and like does it and then it, the game started and they were so disappointed that it was 2d after that scene <laughs> they were like oh it's not going to be like that castle sh- scene i'm like no it's, <laughs> no. it's Castlevania. They're like, oh and like, everybody left yeah. it was just like okay so that was that was a miss yeah i mean that's when you saw the industry shift from something people like you and i did yeah. to something that everybody does um so yeah. and it, these were like stanford engineering students right. this was yeah. not like a, a long shot to get them into yeah, video. Yeah. it was like no, like they, they could care. maybe make the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so anyway, every once in a while in Game Face, we like to take a walk down memory lane. And with Half-Life and all these games having their 25th anniversaries and Matt yeah. and I being fortunate enough to actually be there when these games came out and, and being old enough to understand the significance of their releases. And that uh, documentary they put out is really good. It is really good. And, I should have uh, mentioned that as well. That's up on Sifted. It's curated. Just search for Half-Life. And there's like a mm-hmm. hour-long documentary about Half-Life on there that's amazing. They did a great job. And it job. led to someone figuring out where that 
fake Miyamoto quote comes from. Oh, right. Because he says a version of it. He's like, he's like, yeah. you know, games are delayed temporarily, but a game, but suck is forever. Yeah. You know, game sucks forever. Because mm-hmm. like, that's a paraphrase of that thing everybody attributes to Miyamoto. Like, a, you know, delayed game is delayed for a time, but a, a bad game is bad forever. forever yeah. Which, again, not true anymore. Right. Like, <laughs> Cyberpunk, well, No Man's he Sky. Said, he, like, he reportedly said that back in, right. like... Well, so he never said anything like that, right. and so everyone's like, "Okay, what?" So there was an article I saw. I can't remember what it was, who, like what outlet it was, but they were like, "I'm gonna." This guy's like, "I wanted to figure out where this came from," so he started digging through and looking at it, and he tracked it like this back down to this back to the thing in 2006. There was another version of it in 2003. It's got to be earlier than that. Keep going back, back. He found a a quote from this woman who was on a panel at GDC like 96, I think it was. Wow. And she was like, oh, my husband always says this and it was it was like a paraphrase of it. But he couldn't find her or her or her husband contact info anywhere or anything about them and kind of gave up and a few days later had mentioned it and someone um, said, oh, I know her, her <laughs> partner. Uh, he he is a woman now. He transitioned. Oh, wow! And that's why you can't that's find why you contact can't information. Find him, yeah. So and so after that, he was like, "Oh, I found her new contact info," and emailed her. And he's like, and was like, "Did did your wife your wife said that this was something you said?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, I did say that. I, that does sound like something I would have said because I." And it turned out this woman was like one of the lead creative people at Origin from like 1988 to 92 and she's like yeah that was one of the mottos like on the wall it was like <laughs> and she, and she's like i think it actually said uh delays are temporary suck is forever wow so it there sounds like it goes back to <laughs> something that was a motto in at origin yeah which is amazing yeah uh so there you go it is the 25th anniversary of half-life and a bunch of other awesome games as well um, but this will probably be the last big one for the year. I mean, here we are in late November. I can't think of anything else that we would be celebrating at this point. Ocarina of Time and Half-Life, that's kind of um, it. 98? Yeah. I think that's pretty... I mean, no one... It's a lot. But yeah, no I one was... It. I mean, I, my, it's like... Metal Gear didn't get much of a celebration either when you think about that collection yeah, that came out. And ultimately, it, yeah. it seemed like it at first it was gonna, and then... Uh, like, would right. you like a mediocre re-release, or would yeah. you like just to not mention it? Yeah. Those are your two options. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, actually, no, your other option is how Half Life did it, which is the right way to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned in last week's episode, we're sitting here waiting for the big trailer information about Grand Theft Auto Six. Another week has ticked by; still hasn't happened. I think the information should be coming any day now. And then, obviously, the trailer. We're thinking maybe week of Game Awards. We'll see. Um, but in the meantime, there is information leaking about other Rockstar projects. The first being that, and we've talked about it several times on Game Face, Bully 2 was an actual thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like this myth- mythical thing that people are like, does it really exist? Did it exist? Yeah, there Did was not- too much smoke on that one. It yeah. Might be, and as it turns you know. out, there was really fire. Uh, they worked on, these leaks came out, they worked on Bully 2 for like a year and a half. They had written the basic scenario for it. And just never went back and finished it. They ended up dropping the project. And then, and by the way, this information is coming out because of the the Rockstar leaks, which is crazy that this information has been out there for all this time. But people are just now really starting to dive into it and start to dig out like the stuff out of their code. Um, and the other thing that was discovered this week is that there was story based DLC for Grand Theft Auto V that was canceled. Mm, and then rolled into Grand Theft Auto Online. Which I've literally been saying for years. Yeah. And now you have your proof. Yeah. Um, uh, Vincent points out that Sonic Adventure came out on December 23rd, 1998. So that's, okay. that's your last 25th anniversary. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll celebrate that. I mean, that game kind of blew my mind when I first saw it. Oh, yeah. But then I played it. 
Well, then, yeah, then you then you had to play the big the cat stuff. So yeah. It was just, like, yeah. I had. I mean, I got that on December twenty third for my Japanese Dreamcast. I'd gotten you know not December twenty third. It was after Christmas because it took a while to import because mm-hmm. that was when things had to travel overseas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so until then, I just had uh, Godzilla Generations yeah. to play, um, and I think Blue Stinger. Yeah, the Japanese launch but, of Dreamcast was not great. No, but I remember putting that in when I got home, and I mean, I, I'd seen the the beach level with the orc. I mean, that had been everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then the second level when the tornado started, I remember I just started laughing. Yeah, because you're just like, I how just, am I playing this? Yeah, and I never, <laughs> I never got, finished that game on in the Japanese version because I, I hit a point where I just couldn't understand what Big the Cat wanted me to do yeah. anymore. Um, but like, nah, I mean, that was, I'll celebrate that. I'm not, I'm I'm not going to say I want to play it again, but But still celebrate. There were people asking the other day on, on, online. I saw there was like, how come Sega doesn't release any collections of the 3d Sonic games? I'm like, because no one, no one wants <laughs> to, has to. No one them. wants to remember any of that. Like, <laughs> like Sonic Adventure Two is as good as that shit got. I'm, you know, no yeah. one's paying a premium for like Sonic Heroes or something. No. Like, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, initially it was Rockstar's plan to have story based deal, which shouldn't be that big of a surprise because they did it for Grand Theft Auto Four. They had great story based DLC for Grand Theft Auto Four. But it's just, I think it's been so long at this point that people just assume, like, nope, Grand Theft Auto Online was how it was always going to be. But that is not the case at all. Do um, you think there's any chance for story DLC for Grand Theft Auto 6? Pactor seems to think that's the whole plan for the game going forward. I mean, I would like it to be. It seems unlikely. Yeah. But who knows? He's even floated plans where they may launch it without, like, the full game. And you yeah. may have to, like, like pay to, I, like, get... I, I wonder... Because really, uh-huh. they, they can get away with it. Yeah, like it's like we they said can do last whatever week. They, want. they could sell it for 120 bucks, and people would buy it for 120 oh, yeah. bucks. Do you know what so, else? Do you know what's coming out on December 23rd, 1998? <sighs> Star Siege Tribes. Oh wow! There you go. One of my favorite games. Tribes of all time. and Sonic. Yeah, same day. Yep. Right one, there together. One is still a legend, and one's not. But the one that should be a legend is not the legend, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, there was never a Star Siege Tribes movie. No, so. and there never will be. <laughs> I would just like to see Star Siege Tribes, a new one, where they keep it simple like the first game. The mistake they made with that franchise was trying to make it more complicated and complex as time went on. They didn't need to do that. All they needed to do was just keep making the game look better and keep it... I mean, it was still plenty deep. Even the base game was plenty deep. I don't... They totally lost their way on that game. I don't even know who owns the IP anymore. And there was that one that released like five or six years ago that was like a mm-hmm. shell of like what it really should have been. Yeah, so anyway. it's one of those lost... Yep. Which is weird when you think about like... It's not like it was like a household name or anything, but you heard it talked yeah. about all the it time. It was groundbreaking at the like, time, yeah. Yeah, it was just like... That was one of the standard things in the PC versus console debate. Was like some, you we know, have tribes. Da, 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 da. Yeah, but we can play tribes. Yeah, and that was like the end of it. Yeah. sometimes. You well, know, it's like when all my friends were playing Halo. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Buy, build a PC. Let's play tribes. <laughs> like, why are you playing with like four people when we can play mm-hmm. with sixty four people? I enjoy that Erebus Jones just got his comment flagged for bullying because he said thief. <laughs> That's all it took. Thief, the dark project. You're bullying. I you're will bullying. Allow. <laughs> you're bullying the thief. Yeah. guy by calling him his <laughs> name yeah Erebus Jones says Rose Squadron 25th anniversary oh, this yeah. year too Rose is Squadron it? was earlier this year yeah N64 oh yeah because I guess yeah that was 96 for the first Star Wars game on N64 yeah and Shadows of the Empire was 96 yeah I guess 98 two years later was Rose yeah, Squadron yeah that makes sense yeah, and that's a great game too 
So anyway, lots of big milestones coming up. But as we just said, um, there was a Bully 2 on the way. And who knows? Rockstar could revive Bully 2 at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's sitting in the vault, whatever they want to do with it. Yep. Right, um, right next to Manhunt 3. Yeah. But I'm I'm actually probably even less convinced that we'll get story DLC for Grand Theft Auto 6, which is kind of sad. Um, I do think that once now that they've realized how much money they can make with Grand Theft yeah, Auto Yeah, I don't know online, why you... Do, I mean, it feels like you're going to make a lot more money, you know, bleeding the the online the online user base rather than like charging me thirty bucks for for story deals. I would certainly prefer story DLC, but I just it feels like that's over. It feels yeah. like the Ballad of Gay Tony was the swan song. For it that does, one. and that was great DLC. It was, it. yeah. Um, and our final story for housekeeping this week is just a reminder. And if you've been on Sifted, <laughs> you definitely know this. Midnight, where's, where's, where's Pactor's favorite game, Midnight Club? Oh, that's right. Pactor has literally been calling for a new Midnight Club, I believe, since the very first episode of Pactor Factor. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things he mentioned in the first episode. And yeah. here we are. Any minute now. Any, all these years later. Pack, packed in with that TV that includes a built-in Xbox. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you guys are on Sifted, you probably already know this, but this is just a friendly reminder to everybody that this Friday is Black Friday, which gives us a chance to run this awesome B-roll we do once per year. This doesn't even happen anymore. No, are they, how many? These people are mostly dead now. Yeah, right? these, these, these are, <laughs> you may be right. Like, or they were killed in the filming yeah. of these videos. Cause dang, dude, it was freaking nuts back in the day. That guy in the striped shirt. That guy's a father now. He has a baby. Oh yeah, he took the time to look at the camera too. Like some of them are like, "This is madness. What are we doing? This is madness. It's really insane." <laughs> Just I'm just ama- I'm just amazed how many people go out to something like this and they're like, you know what? Horizontal stripes. That's yeah. what that's what I'm here I for. I mean, right there, Circuit City. Like it doesn't even it hasn't existed yeah, for Circuit like City six years. Anymore. <laughs> Which is just Plus nuts. You know, I, I I needed some some weird batteries the other day. I needed uh-huh. LR forty ones. Yeah. And I'm like, I went to to Staples, nothing. I went I went to the grocery store, nothing. I went to Best Buy, they didn't even have batteries. Um, really? went to Target, nothing. Like I remember when you could just go get shit. Yeah, it was just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> well, Black Friday is coming up this Friday. It is still a great day to shop, um, and we have been very. Yeah, it's better to just do it online. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's we have funny. been very diligent, though. That actually looks like the Best Buy right around the corner from my house, right there. Which yeah. is yeah, that little side. Yeah, and a bunch of them had weird. that though. It seemed yeah. to be like kind of a. I guess they did. But certain, people get not her wig got knocked yeah, off. The wig snatched. <laughs> What, is, what, what year is this from? Vincent says, what's the better outdated B-roll that we continually use? Black Friday or E3 2019? Definitely Black Friday. Black Friday is the best B-roll we ever run. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. What it's, year is this from? Uh, 2018 or 2017, mm-hmm. I think. But some of the clips may even be older than that. Yeah, maybe, I, some of it was older than yeah, that. Yeah, because I compiled this for... <laughs> it's just like... It's, like it's also... It like, it's an interesting <laughs> example of like... Somewhere post 2000, you stopped being able to tell Fresno courses in Fresno. Uh, you stopped being able to tell what decade something is. Yeah, yeah. Like if you tell, you show me stuff from like this from like the 80s or the 70s or the 90s, I can totally tell you. Oh, that's from this. Probably around this this, this time because that person's wearing this kind of fashion thing or this person's wearing this <laughs> shirt. After like 2001, you can't tell anymore like yeah, everything yeah, just right. flattens out and like everyone's just wearing whatever they want yeah there's no there's no there's no defining anymore. style you can even wear bell bottoms or whatever now it's all it's all like that could now. be anything yeah um 
these clips remind me of like punk rock shows that I went to back in the direction the Misfits show I went to like two years ago, their big reunion show. The pits were like this. But um, we have been very diligent on Sifted to curate all the best deals articles. You can go to our deals channel and I would argue it's the best place to find any <laughs> game. <laughs> Any gaming-related Black Friday stuff, I think Man, our deal really channel. wants that bike. <laughs> they, these people really want all this stuff. It's just bonkers. Um, are you going to do any shopping on Black Friday? No. No? No. I think I am. I'm finally going to buy... Oh, wow. I got a stone punches. I'm finally going to buy a, uh, a, a, a hard drive expansion for my PlayStation 5. I'm oh. finally going to do it. <laughs> I'm so sick yeah, of it. I don't need anything. This holiday season, like, I've had to delete so many games off my hard drive. Like, I'm just tired of it. There was a it. brief thing yesterday where um, uh, Hasbro sent out a 35% off coupon to use on their site. Mm-hmm. And people... We're using it on that Grimlock. Oh. It was working on the Grimlock. They were getting $525 oh. off. Oh, my god! Three weeks after release. Oh and I actually no. wrote them, and I'm like, hey, if you're going to honor those orders, I want $525. Yeah. And they canceled all the orders. Oh, they and did. It, was, it wasn't supposed to apply to, uh-huh. to newer stuff or to the RoboSense stuff at all. Gotcha. So none of those orders seem to have gone through. Oh. Um, but I was for a second there. I'm like, really? Oh, if I waited gonna, three weeks, I could have gotten 35 off? <laughs> So. Yeah, but this stuff doesn't even really happen. That anymore. I would have shown up. I would have gotten lined for. Yeah, because like it used to be like even though there were there were sales online, there were always a few items that they would only sell in stores. Yeah, and they just don't do that anymore in part because they don't want to deal with this shit. Yeah, why would you? I mean, you got your employees getting knocked down and their wigs getting knocked off. Like yeah. you can't, that can't happen. <laughs> it just can't happen, Matt. Um, so this stuff it doesn't even happen. Like they don't have the big door rush. Although I will say like. I will still see a line outside the Best Buy the night before Black Friday. Sometimes, yeah. But it's only like 100 yards long, and it's not a mob of people at the door like waiting to rush the door. They wait in line, and they all go in single file. Like, There's nothing like this anymore. Thank God. Like, We don't need this stuff. I'm glad we have this B-roll so we can have, so we can have time, fun yeah. um, every Black Friday here on Game Face, but I'm glad that we don't have to deal yeah, with this like stuff Like That anymore. guy in front of the line, that guy's like 35 now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. These people are... Yeah. These people are tired and old now. They couldn't do this. Yeah. Tiny Blip in History says, where else are you going to get an AK TV for 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, a lot of the stores you do that at are gone. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, know? the stores just don't exist. The, like, the, the stores I would go to on a Black Friday back in the day would have been, like, Best Buy. Circuit City. Circuit City. Um, Radio Shack. Uh, uh, Fries. Yeah, they're all gone. you only know if you're a West Coaster, yeah. probably. Um, yeah, those or are you, East Coast. Or if you watch Nope. You yeah. see, you can see a, a That's little, right, there's a fries a, a there. little, little like glimpse of the greatest electronics store. Yeah, uh, that, they go to Fries in Burbank, um, in in Nope. Which the most unrealistic part of that movie is that they don't wait in line to, right. to buy anything. <laughs> That's like, true. They just walk up and buy. It. It's never happened in the history of Burbank Fries. That's not yeah. a thing. But um, yeah, if you watch this, it, that, and it really looked like that. Really did have any a flying saucer crashed into it outside. And that was actually all fries had weird themes, yeah. and the one in Burbank was a '50 sci-fi, yeah. which is pretty great for that movie. But we, in Palo Alto, it was Old West. That was the one I grew up going to. Yeah, they all had a theme. Yeah, yeah. We had we had the original. I think it was was Old West. Yeah, and they had like a Martian one with a UFO. That was one that one. There was one in uh, Woodland Hills. It was Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, it was like yeah. a big hedge maze, which is great to <laughs> find the fucking computer parts you need, right? Yeah, that's great. Uh, Time Zini says uh, they also learn to limit quantities and do lotteries rather than back order and just have a pile everyone tries to grab from yeah. in the mid. Yeah, they figured out a lot of it, and honestly, it just doesn't happen anymore. 
Um, but again... And most of the deals are the same online. They so are. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yep. Um, but again, we have... We, every year, we place a focus on making sure that we curate the best Black Friday um, articles mm. for you guys. The roundups. Make sure that they're not... Um, duplicating each other. So again, if you just go to our deals channel on Sifted throughout the entire week, we're going to be very diligent to make sure that we post all the best deals to make sure you guys get hooked up. Like your $4 a month um, patronage to get all our content early, it's our goal to make sure you get that back and then some this month with our deals curation. So hopefully that works out for you guys. The other thing that kind of kills the Black Friday thing is that thankfully a lot of those stores are not making their employees work on Thanksgiving anymore. Right. Yeah, which I think everyone's like... Yeah, correct. Thank God. As one of them said online, it's like, well, at least now you don't have to deal with every other customer. Be like, I can't believe they're making you work today. You're the reason they're making me work today. Yeah, you're here. you're here. <laughs> People would always say that to me when I worked at the gas station in high school. Why they got you working in here? Because you're here. Yeah. Because you wanted gas, and they knew you were going to want gas, and so my ass had to come into work today to pump your gas. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got anything else here in chat before we uh, head on to the bulk of yeah. the show? I think the last Black Friday thing I really did was I went to Target at three in the morning, like the morning of tar- of Black Friday, to get a Wii U because uh, the Wii U with the Smash Brothers bundle, Smash Brothers Brothers Splatoon bundle was marked way down. That's how I got my Wii U. Okay, a uh, Fire Native posted on our chat that uh, you can get a two terabyte SSD for PS5 for $95 on Amazon right now. That's good. I like want to literally stop the show and go <laughs> buy it. I'm not kidding. Like I just was searching for these yesterday. The cheapest I could find them was for the two uh, terabyte was 160. So that's a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. All y'all, if you have PS5, go get that right now. You will not find it cheaper. I guarantee it. Go snatch that up right now. I wish I could. <laughs> as soon as I get home from this show, I'm going to go try and buy it. You guys should do the same damn thing. And I'll make sure I curate an article to the deals channel with that deal in it to make sure everybody gets on it. So anyway. Yeah. Next next door is Japan 2 terabyte internal SSD. Works with new PlayStation 99.99. Wow. The Samsung one's 119. Caleb says that we already posted it on the site. So it must have been in one of the articles in that we did curate. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I missed that completely. Um, Minority's asking, what's the deal? $95 for a two terabyte hard drive expansion for PS5. Now, now, to be clear, I've never heard of this brand before. Right. So that's. You also got to pay attention to, you got to make sure that there's a heat sink on it. Sometimes they'll sell you the drive that doesn't have the heat sink on it. You need the heat mm-hmm. sink for PS5, and then you have to pay like an extra $25 for the heat sink. That's something to keep an eye on as you're shopping for that stuff over the next week. Yeah, or so. the, uh, the Western Digital 4 terabyte is 300 that's more in the Much. realm of what I've been seeing. Yeah. So I mean, that's four terabytes. That's a that's a huge that's a huge uh, SSD. Yeah. Our deals channel, by the way, if you use Sifted, you'll probably save your patron money, the four dollars a month, using our deals channel every month. I pretty much guarantee it. If you're a serious game buyer, we will save you your four dollars a month that you give us on Patreon month after month after month just using our deals channel. We take it very seriously yeah, so that, that two that four terabyte is down from 370 okay and the two so, terabyte western digital is 159 down from 229 that's what i was seeing yeah, yeah. the 150 160 um so yeah did that other brand did you see if it had a heat sink on it the cheaper brand that you hadn't heard of um the was it next storage yeah with heat sink yeah. oh wow there you go that's a great deal 
It may only last for two years before it dies, but <laughs> I generally try to go for the WD, which is why WD I said, is good, yeah. which is why I said the prices really are like 150 or 160. Those cheaper ones, like, I mean, truth be told, you may buy it and never have a problem with it, but is it worth it? I don't know. I, it's not as big a deal now, Matt, because your save data is like in the cloud. Mm. Like if my save data were local, I would be a lot more concerned about having a crappy hard drive. But now, as long as you're syncing your saves, it's not that big a deal if the drive ultimately dies, other than the fact you're out a hundred bucks and you could have spent mm -hmm. 50 more and got something that was gonna last for the life of your console. So just look the, keep in mind. This, the reviews are all four and five stars. All good. So it's not, uh, doesn't seem to be bad. Okay. Almost 2,000 reviews has got a 4.7 wow. rating. Oh, okay. So. That's great. What's it called again? Next Storage? Next Storage. There you go. Uh, $95.99. Next Storage Japan, 2 terabyte internal SSD, work with new PlayStation 5 console. Uh, you can also get a 4 terabyte one for 200 Wow. There you go. Or a 1 terabyte one for $55.99. Yeah. Solve your storage problems on PS5, and it is a and problem. Every, everybody has a storage problem on PS5. It is That's, a problem. That is, that is true. I don't true. care what anybody says. That it's a problem. Um, okay. Well, we're ready to head into the bulk of the show. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. Sifters, you know what to do. Go to creamls.com sifted and get your cray mass. Go get your cray mass. Everybody needs cray mass. And everyone in chat wants cray mass. We just clear UK garage says we just creamed. <laughs> Reminder, people, Thanksgiving is just two days away. It is plenty of time to go to creamls.com slash sifted and use their store locator or use their online bottle finder to make sure you get yourself a bottle of LS cream in plenty of time for Thanksgiving. If you don't make it by Thanksgiving, get a bottle anyway for Christmas. It is actually the perfect liqueur for the holiday season. Um, Ellis Cream mixes very well with warm drinks. Not every liquor works like that. Ellis Cream does. It's like one of those things that like, if you're hanging with the family, you can just put a couple dollops in your drink and nobody knows. It's like when you're drink, walking around with a drink, it doesn't smell like liquor and your breath isn't gonna smell like liquor. It is the perfect liqueur to use for the holiday season with your family. Um, or if you just don't want to deal with your crazy drunk uncle and you need something to take the edge off, get yourself some Ellis Cream. Here's the thing, though. Once you bust it out, everybody's going to want some if they taste yeah, it. Yeah, it so, doesn't last long. Yeah, you might want to keep or I hate to say it, you might want to keep it to yourself and hoard it. But or anyway. get three bottles. Well, right. Or just get a bunch of bottles so everybody can celebrate. I gen If I bring it somewhere, I generally bring two bottles. Yeah. And they go fast. Because like, you open it up and everyone wants to try it. And then that takes half yeah. the bottle, yeah. everyone trying it the first yeah. time. And for then sure. you want like another bottle so for like, people to actually them. use. For yeah. things. So anyway, go to creamls.com slash sifted. They are awesome. 
Um, Steve, the guy who owns yeah. Ellis Cream, is awesome. He's a sifter. He's a gamer. Vortex um, Complex also says you could become the crazy drunk uncle. That's you true. <laughs> beat the man at his own game. <laughs> you could usurp the crazy drunk uncle. <laughs> For sure. So anyway, again, head to creamls.com slash sifted. Check them out. They're awesome. And this is the prime season for LS Cream. Go get it. Look at me. I'm the cream ass now. <laughs> now, I'm the cream ass. <laughs> okay. In fact, we should work on some kind of a really fun thing for that, for his next ad for LS Cream. We should make some kind of a riff on the whole cream ass thing, since you guys love it so much. Um, and with that, it is finally time for us to kick off Game Face 367 proper. And how else can we start Game Face that's happening before Thanksgiving without delivering our turkey awards to y'all? If you are a patron or a subscriber to Sifted, we published Pactor's turkey awards this morning. They're up right now and live for our patrons. Or, by the way, if you are subscribing to our Twitch channel with Twitch Prime, you get access to Pactor Factor, and it is live right now. So all of y'all in here who subscribe with Twitch Prime during the episode today, you can watch Pactor's Turkey Awards right now. Um, if you're someone on YouTube who it sub subscribes to us every month and gives us that free $2.50, you can watch that episode of Pactor Factor right now as well. Um, again, if you subscribe with Twitch Prime, you get Pactor Factor a week early as if you're one of our patrons. Um, and so he's already given his turkey awards. And while I'll say this, luckily, Matt and I, we're gonna deliver three awards each, mm -hmm. and neither one of us have duplicated anything that Pactor said. What did but, he say? Uh, I don't wanna spoil it. I want people to go watch the episode. Um, but he has fun with it, like he always does. Also, by the way, Pactor has lost almost 30 pounds wow. in the last month. Check him out. Is he okay? He is, yeah. <laughs> Like, he said he saw himself on Pactor Factor and was like, whoa, like, <laughs> what has happened to me? And he just started a diet. He quit drinking scotch. Hmm. And that took out probably a 1,000 calories a day. Who is he? What do you say? Who is he without scotch? I know. He, he doesn't know anymore. He's actually happier, I think, yeah. it seems like to me. Um, well, he's usually better to not be drunk all day. Yes. <laughs> so he's lost like 30 pounds. You can tell in the latest round of Pactor Factor that he's cut some weight. So... Um, getting in getting in fighting shape. Yeah. <laughs> Soak Snake says, I can't really think of any terrible games this year. I think he might be facetious. Oh, I think he blocked out some things. <laughs> I think he definitely did. So anyway. Some of us still remember Wanted Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have a minute and you're a patron or if you're a subscriber with Twitch Prime, go watch Pactor Factor's Turkey Awards. But this started on Invisible mm -hmm. Walls on Game Trailers many, many moons ago. And we have kept it going here on Game Face for the eight years or nine years that we've been doing this show. Uh, so we're keeping it alive. We're keeping it alive yeah, as long no as we can. Nolan Bezozone says, Bezozone says Scotch has calories. Alcohol is sugar. Dude. Alcohol is basically just sugar. Liquor is one of the Huge worst calories. things you can drink if you're trying to watch calories. One little shot is what, like five or 600 calories Sound or something like, why insane? Do think, what do you think beer gut is? Yeah. I mean, the reason, because basically. It's inflammation, but like. I mean. Liquor is like sugar, just yeah. like simmered down to yeah. it, it, it's distilled like, sugar. Yeah, really, really it is. Um, it's really bad for you. Like alcohol, in particular, like hard alcohol, huge amounts of calories in each shot. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're mining your calories, it's the last thing that you want to be drinking for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's where it's, where a lot of calories you don't really come from is both alcohol and just what you know, soda, juice, Drinks, period, milk, everything. Like just, if you if you cut down to just water and zero calorie stuff, you will see a difference. Oh yeah, like. Immediately. Like, you'll lose weight in the first, like, two weeks. So, um, okay. 
I always thought hard stuff was low carbs. No. No. No, it's not. I mean, beer is also high carb. I mean, it's 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 a different thing. Yeah, like, there's more carbs in beer. Yeah, I mean, obviously a Guinness is going to have more carbs than a shot of whiskey. But yeah. like, it's it's still but the calories. Alcohol, by definition, is high carbs. calorie, high sugar. Yep, carbs. So anyway, as I said, we have three turkey awards apiece. And Matt, you're going to lead off. What is your first turkey award for 2023? Layoffs. Um, layoffs. Layoffs. <laughs> this industry has made something like $440 billion this year. I believe that's the number I saw yeah. yesterday. And we're still laying people off. Yeah. And we're still claiming we don't, we can't afford to keep these people while we pay these CEOs obscene amounts of money um, and bonuses on top of that. Look, just look at all the people got extra rich already, that were already rich off of the Activision acquisition. Yeah. Um, those people deserve any of that shit? No. Yeah. No. I mean, a lot of people got rich off the pandemic because rich people could afford to buy stocks when they bottomed out. And so rich people bought just tons of stock when they hit rock bottom. Mm. And now they've all made just millions because it's all rebounded. It's all gone back. It's all rebounded and gone higher than it was before the pandemic at this point. Mm -hmm. And those people have just made it's just another example of in capitalism, how the rich easily get richer while the rest of us. Keep struggling to make so, ends meet. But kind of specific, I did say when we when you asked for the turkeys, I said if you if you if, if you also want to say layoffs, I'll just go specifically Bioware. And yeah, because Bioware's layoffs were most most uh, irritating to me, in part because I knew some of those people, and partly because uh, I mean you can tell it's bad because several of them are suing uh, in response because right. they did it so poorly, but also because it's like I I I just there, there are very few other examples of poorer management in the history of the industry than how EA has handled Bioware. And Bioware, for um, both of us, is personal. Yeah. This, this is a studio sure. that both of us love. For sure. My, the Mass Effect, the Mass Effect, if you really like try to nail me down on things, I will probably call the Mass Effect trilogy one either my favorite or one of my top three things of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, just straight up. Yeah. Like, and the fact that they just won't let these people make some i mean i do not believe for one second that the people at bioware could not get together a dragon age four in 10 years right there has to <laughs> be insane. corporate yeah, fuckery there's something here, going right? on yeah like there's Absolutely. more here than that yeah and that they're the ones who pay the price and lose their jobs after all these years one of the a couple of these guys have been working on dragon age four for almost seven years well it's like look they've been working and it's on not Dra- finished so what are you fucking firing people for well it's like so you work on dragon age for seven years and now we, they're showing us Mass Effect. We're not getting... It's going to be a 10-year development cycle for yeah. Mass Effect. Why are you laying people off? You yeah. need more people. Right. And a bunch so of those don't people, have to wait 10 years to play 20 And a bunch of those people games. were like QA. And it's just like, aren't you, aren't you going to need them QA to make sure your game soon? is a trash? Because you're supposed to release that next year? Like, you were supposed to release this year and the year before? Um, it's just astounding to me. It's just, and, uh, you know, it's just emblematic. I mean, all the layoffs are terrible. I mean, there's been thousands and thousands of people lost their jobs in this industry this year for reasons that no one really understands. Yeah. And it gets, you know, there's other stuff with like, you know, other companies that are doing similarly stupid things. Um, it's like, but like, but Bioware was the one that stands out to me. Um, I've worked at bloated places before yeah. where you go to work every day and you're getting in early and you're staying late and there's these people that roll in at like 10 or 11 o'clock they sit in their office all day they maybe go to one meeting or get on one phone call and then they leave at like three or four o'clock we've all been in jobs where you're like okay Mm -hmm. some of these people don't need to be here and have jobs Mm -hmm. that is not the case with game development no 
That is some, never. Some of those people go on to have better jobs than everyone else, and you're like, what is going on? No, most of those people do. Yeah. Because they've learned to insulate themselves so that they're never at risk. Mm-hmm. Those people have, honestly, have learned how to navigate jobs. Right. They figured out the thing was like, oh, you're, you're actually kind of bad at this. But you're dependable. Yeah. Like it's well, like it's not that you're dependable. You never stick your neck out. You never right. do anything dangerous right. or you groundbreaking. And it's good enough. Yeah. And Those people tend to keep their jobs. Yeah. The people yeah. that are really good or really bad are the ones that get lo- looked at. Yeah. When it comes to, it's because the, you're the ones who you're, you're taking the risk. You may have yeah. done something that cost the company some money that didn't work out well, but the next or time might, it did work out. Or like, you might threaten, be threatening to someone right. up there. That you know. That yeah. Sometimes, sometimes these people just like to snuff out some lights. Yeah. That's true. Um, and you look at the games industry, again, making money, more money than it has ever made by several magnitudes, and they can't keep people employed? Mm-hmm. As soon as a game launches, almost every game, as soon as it launches, within two weeks, 30% of that staff is gone. Mm-hmm. Just laid off. It's And that usually is kind of like how, or, you know, I mean, certainly like when, like when a movie ends, everybody gets laid off because right. the movie's over. Or yeah. you get moved on to a new project. But it's like, you, a lot of these companies are like, we know you have new projects. Yeah. Like, because you told us. Because they're about to do a new project. <laughs> you, gave, you gave us a trailer for them. Yeah. There just seems to be a better way to do that. And, um, you know, you, I mean, you can, and there's like a, a lot of the people, some of the people that got laid up at Bioware were basically what you'd call probably permalancers. You know, yeah. they weren't quote unquote full time yeah. employees, but they'd been freelancing full time for them for like years, uh-huh. like half a decade. And it's like, come, they just like, didn't want to give them benefits. Wanna, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of them were in Canada. They already had benefits. Yeah. Because, you know, right. They don't Canada, need Canada is a civilized country. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but like, you know, things like that are like where you, you fire all the long term people because they get paid more so you can hire younger ki- kids who don't cost as much. Yeah. Um, That's tip- most typical. Yeah. That happens a lot. Like, yeah, because gone are the days when somebody stay with a company forever because the companies won't allow it. If you can make it five years at a company anymore, pff, I don't yeah. know how you did it. Well done. <laughs> Seriously, you're that person who was coming into work at ten and leaving you at three o'clock. Looks on the faces of the of the like the kids, like you know the twenty somethings I I work with and like on like shooting short films and stuff. I tell them that I worked at G4 for 12 years. Yeah. And they're like they can't fathom the. <laughs> they're idea. like I'm yeah. only 19. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, like I, I worked at one place longer than you have memories. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, but that's a good one, Matt. Like, um, I actually let Matt pick all three of his. This would have been one of mine. I um, mean, it kind of is. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I kind mm-hmm. of approach it from a different angle. Uh, but that's Matt's first pick for the Turkey Awards. The layoffs at BioWare and other studios yeah. as well. Um, it's not just, just in general laying so many people off in a year where everybody's doing really well. Otherwise, yeah, it's just it. You know, it, it it's a little, it's a little obvious. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you're supposed to hide that shit a little better. You're supposed to come up with better reasons than like, eh, fuck it, Bobby needs his new yacht. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. <laughs> they don't even try anymore. Hashtag capitalism. Yeah. Um, my first turkey oh, award. Late stage capitalism. What if I told you this is mid-stage capitalism, right. we got, we can, and it can get way worse, worse than this? <laughs> it can. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Buckle up. Yep. Uh, my first turkey for 2023 in the games industry is the return of the horrible licensed game. We already talked about this a little bit in housekeeping. I was talking about Game Mail, how it just released that god-awful the Walking Dead game would also release this god-awful Kong Skull Island game just a few weeks ago. This publisher also, by the way, Matt, published Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which we talked mm-hmm. about last week, which is basically just like a shovelware Smash Brothers clone, but definitely better than these two games. 
But there was a long time there where, like, first of all, if you go back to the early aughts, pretty much every licensed game was abysmal. Pretty much all of them. They all were. And then we went through this grace period of like 10 or 15 years where people stopped paying for the license and making bad games. And some of the bigger boys started making licensed games, like the Spider-Man games on PlayStation. Ubisoft has been pretty smart licensing some stuff for its games. We went some of that was the realization that the IP can handle itself and you don't need to make a deadline of a movie or something yeah. to put something, you know, you... It doesn't matter when the Batman game comes out. Right. As long as it's a good Batman game. As long as it's good. That's what matters more than anything. And for a long time, it seemed, you know, it's not like bad games went away. Yeah. But it was rare to see an IP of any note be a te- be part of a, something like this shovelware stuff because I think for a while like it was too pricey to yeah. do like and and people who held these licenses were not willing to gamble them on low low quality games, but something I don't know how Game Mill got their hands on, a, on the Kong and the. I mean, it's not like Kong's an active thing right, right. now. Like they, the they're mo- still making there's films. An Apple, and... There's an Apple TV show right now in the MonsterVerse, which is eh, they have right, a poor employee sorry. licensing the stuff. That's yeah. what it is. And like, That's what it comes down to. Whoever has that license, the person who licenses that stuff is bad at their job. And it's just like, what's going on? They don't there? understand games. They don't understand publishers to work with, studios to work Walking, with. I mean, it's not the first bad Walking Dead game, obviously, but like, no. this is on a level that you just. I mean, this is the worst. It's Walking just Dead shocking game. to see it, and like the fact that nobody moves in the cutscenes and yeah. things like that. It's also if you really want a Walking Dead game of this nature, just go play State of Decay two. Pretty much. Like that's that's the Walking Dead. It's game. also on Game Pass. Yeah, <laughs> where you can play it for a few pennies a month. Um, but this has gone away until this year. And it's not even that like, okay, these are really bad games based on licenses. We'll sell it for 15 or $20. That I'm okay with. I don't care that much about. These games are like 40 50 $60. And that's where they start stepping over the line. Bad. There's always going to be bad games. And mm-hmm. there will probably always be bad games based on IP. But they're trying to pass the IP costs on to the player with these games by making them 40 50 $60. And so to see these games come back, because what happens is you have fans of this stuff that don't know games all that well. And they're like, oh, my God, there's a new Walking Dead game. And they just go buy it. They don't watch yeah, Game I mean, Face. That was always the strategy with licensed games. It's like, oh, people the uninformed anyway. consumer. Yeah. But like, I think it's interesting to see this now because uh, that kind of paranoia would have gone away. Because usually a licensed game was pretty good. And, you know, the worst you're going to end up with was like Avengers. Right. You know? Yep. Um, but then, like, the idea... I, then THQ happened. Right. <laughs> like, I'm thinking that, like, basically, you can only get away with this for, like, a year. You think? So. Like, because people are going to know better after a while. Um, it's not like people went around and made, you know, Legend of Black Tiger a big hit. This is just that same level of quality, but with a name you recognize. Yeah. It's, um again, it's something that I hadn't seen for a long time. And to have it happen in rapid succession here in 2023 mm-hmm. kind of caught me off guard. And again, what um, really trips the trigger is the pricing. It yeah. goes, Meanwhile, you know, they're not all terrible. They're still, you know, RoboCop. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Which all, looked like it was going to be it, it, a it terrible yeah, license game. It sure game. felt like it was going to be part yeah. of this trend, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it bucked the trend. I never played that Hellboy game. I don't know if that was that, good. That is also a bad license game. Mm-hmm. That game also is not good at all. Yeah, we're starting to see it again. It's starting to happen again. It's a shame. I don't know why it's happening in 2023 because, again, your point, Kong is an active license. Like, I'm guessing Game Mill spent a good amount of money for that license, which is why they're charging exorbitant amounts of money for the game, is my guess. So, 
Anyway, I hope this isn't a trend that continues, but it's definitely a yeah. trend in 2023. Well, I mean, the Kong game was made in, what, like eight months, they said? Yeah, they said 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, by a team of, like, 15 dudes. And my guess is that Walking Dead game probably wasn't made... It wasn't two years, I'll tell you that much. No. Maybe it was a year with, like, 50 people working on it. I don't know. But the, the bottom line is, horrible licensed games have resurfaced in the games industry, and they are one of my turkeys for 2023. Matt, what's your second turkey for the year? Uh, the PlayStation VR 2, la- uh, not launch lineup, uh, the uh, PlayStation VR 2... Period? Lineup. <laughs> the schedule. The lack thereof. Yeah. You mean how they front-loaded it yeah. and put out 20 games I mean, on look, day one, and now we've got, like, four since? Right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm surprised by it. I said that's exactly what was going to happen. You know, I didn't want it, but we had to we had to review it. Again, you I, picked this before I could. This is totally a turkey for me. Just yeah. PlayStation VR 2, period, is a huge freaking turkey. Yeah, well, it still didn't solve your your motion sickness problems It anyway. didn't? No. Um, I mean, like I said, I have not taken that out of the box since you gave it back to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad I wiped the puke off of it, man. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> I'm kidding. I would never know because <laughs> you would never opened until it until I sold it to someone and they're like why is this covered in puke <laughs> why do you think <laughs> call, call this man yeah exactly I know why and I'm not going to talk to you about it this is I mean this to me is probably the biggest yeah. turkey of 2023 and for a while I kind of had some hope where like that one guy was like figuring out how to make it work on PC right um, but it turns and out and that stalled it stalled and it turns out like he doesn't know if there's any way to make it work other than on AMD right hardware which because of a certain I don't remember what the technical thing was there's but, a like, quirk yeah. there's a thing that that the graphics cards call for and amd you can do it outside of the card and nvidia you can't mm. like that's the closest i can as i recall what, what it was so he's like there's never gonna be. and like basically he did like polls of things and he's like amd is like 30 percent of the market it's not worth going forward with this so i'm not going to do it anymore unless someone figures out how to make it work on nvidia and they have it. so that's the end of that i wonder if playstation vr2 is why jim ryan is retiring yeah, I don't know. Um, Pactor wouldn't go there. But it's just remarkable that they had nothing past the launch. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in there. And I, you know, oh, this came out of syn- Synchro or whatever that... Well, thing. meanwhile, though... The thing with David Hayter in it, it was like, that was... But it's like, there's nothing... Well, meanwhile, Meta Quest there. 3 has, like, three or four exclusive games that I'm actually, like, interested in. Like, there's the yeah. Assassin's Creed game. Asgard's Wrath 2 looks awesome. Like... The bottom line is PlayStation just didn't pay up to have great content on PlayStation VR 2. It just didn't. It just it feels like what I said before it came out where it's like it feels like there's inertia here that they had to get this hard this hardware already sunk cost. Mm-hmm. They had to get All it the out. R&D. Put it out, you know, let it ride. It was it's be, somehow better than taking a taking a write down on on the whole project or whatever. And here we are, a bunch of people stuck with this. How much did that cost? 500, 500 bucks. bucks? Yeah. 500. 500? Oh, wait, was it 600. I wouldn't have bought a six. It's five. It was five hundred. Yeah, the last one was four hundred. This yeah. is five. Although, again, if you use the deals channel on Sifted, there's a deal for PlayStation VR two right now that lops off like a hundred and thirty dollars or something. Insane. That shows you where mm. PlayStation VR two is. Yeah. If they're lopping off a hundred and some dollars for Black Friday for this thing, they are just trying to get rid of the inventory. Because yeah, that's basically what they, they paid for it, the retailers. And I know they sold through uh, you know their initial allocation of it, mm-hmm. but like either that. Is only selling from Sony to the distributors, or the second allocation was way more than anybody wanted. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know which one of those that is, but it's this. This thing's dead in the water. Like this is this is. Turns out the V in PlayStation VR stands for Vita. <laughs> Seriously, 
Uh, this is a huge gaffe, but we saw it coming all along. Matt and I said yeah. it over and over and over again. Why are they making PlayStation VR 2? And if they are going to make it, why are they making it wired and tethered? It make In 2023, that makes no sense. That is not where VR is going at all. I mean, I will say that um, even the Meta, you know, Meta, Meta Quest has better, you know, like the Assassin's Creed thing is interesting to me, but I saw like, you know, tests of like what it looks like. It, it, it's not powerful enough. No, it still looks like a dream. It still cast, looks like, like a lot of the games. Yeah. yeah, and that Assassin's Creed will come to other stuff eventually. Mm. Maybe it'll even come to PlayStation. Who I knows? mean, it should when You'd the think, exclusivity runs out. But like, it better. That's like a year from now. Games bad. <laughs> like really, Might not really even bad. And, and again, it'd be different if the PlayStation VR one stuff worked, and I could go back and revisit mm. that running bet. You know, I would like to play Iron Man VR. Yeah. Where's the killer app for the holidays for this, Matt? Mm-hmm. Where is it? How are you convincing people to buy this when everyone's spending money out the ass? Most people don't even know it's a, it's around anymore. Because it's already gone. It's out of the lexicon. Everyone's buying the useless handheld now. Yeah, I couldn't even get Pactor to admit the PlayStation VR 2 was a turkey at there's all. So, there's so much pointless PlayStation hardware this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after this year, it's all yeah. going to go away and like, forever. Let's, and let's not forget, like everyone's talking about, oh, the PlayStation Portal sold out. Yeah, so did the PSVR 2. Right. It sold through its <laughs> allocation. <laughs> yep. And, and here so we are. I mean, at least it's one port- of our turkeys. I mean, at least here. the Portal doesn't need games to come out for yeah. it. Like, it's it's automatically piggybacking on, right. on the system. But it's like, man. I know. Like, yep. I, I knew it was going to be dry after launch, but even I didn't think it was going to be like... We're just not going to talk about it again, basically. Well, again, where's the big game for the holidays to get people interested in it? Anything. I don't even see any TV commercials for it. Like, I watch football all day Sunday. I didn't see a single commercial for PlayStation VR 2. Not one. No. It's like they just gave up. I I don't know. Again, it it feels a little bit like this was Jim Ryan's baby. And it's out there. He accomplished it. And then literally, like, three months later, he's like, I'm retiring. Like, I don't know. It seems... It seems like a little bit too convenient that those things are lining up, but I could be totally wrong. It could be completely unrelated. It just seems a little odd. Um, so there, that's Matt's second turkey for 2023. My second turkey, and I'm just going to pile on here right now on PlayStation. My second turkey for 2023 is the pathetic first-party output from PlayStation. Like, I don't know how many more times I need to bang this drum that PlayStation is the market leader and it put out one exclusive game for its platform this year. Does anyone else hear this? Hello? Click, click, click. Is this mic on? They had one damn game for the whole year. That's pathetic. PlayStation is the leader. It's not leading. It's following. It is getting lapped. It got beat by Xbox. I never wasn't, thought that day would come. Wasn't there another thing that came out earlier this year that I didn't care about that was exclusive? Not that I'm aware of. No? Sometimes those things are also on PC and I don't realize it. Maybe. But you had one big exclusive you had to look forward to all year. And yes, it did deliver. And it's great. And I love Marvel Spider-Man 2. It's one damn game. Oh, uh, the Horizon expansion. That's not really yeah. the same thing. It was 15 hours. <laughs> like, you got 15 hours of exclusive entertainment out of your PlayStation 5 this year. That is, if there's a turkey, that's a freaking turkey. I mean, I would never think of that just because I'm playing other stuff. The third on party it too. stuff. Um, I mean, I would, 
The fact that I still don't have room on my hard drive on that thing is at least something. Well, that's because but. I get to the end of games and I right. never want to delete them. I'm like, I need I have two more hours to finish this game. Like, I literally have like six games where I'm like an hour um, or two away from finishing them. Final Fantasy 16, but that wasn't first party. Mm-mm. No. Um, there aren't any. That's it. Yeah. It was a horrible year for PlayStation. And here's the thing. Looks like it wasn't because they sold like crazy. Right. Like, but here's the thing. Matter. It's going to be an awful year for software next year, too, it looks like. And last year wasn't amazing. They didn't put no. out like a few games at least. I don't know what happened, really. They seem, they, they're sort of, they seem to have kind of hit that thing that, well, not micro, Microsoft didn't have the same thing because they just didn't have any developers for a long time other than the three. Um, but it feels like, you know, because last year was a really good year for PlayStation exclusives. It feels like you've kind of hit this point where all the PlayStation first party devs are like between project or on their new project. You know, hey, like, look, that is on the guy who somewhere. leads the first party studios. I don't know if Scott Rohde still does that job. He's a good dude, but you can't have gaps like this where you have nothing. Like, again, it's crazy to me that it's but, the leader. But the again, PlayStation's you, the leader. Well, again, you can have gaps like that because they are massively in first place. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, they, people consider PlayStation to be video games. Like they, Some they, do. Yeah. If they, I mean, because Switch is not competition, really, because you're, you're not playing the same stuff on them. And people just don't want an xbox it's crazy like it really is crazy because also if you if you talk to people if you ask someone about things in terms of like kind of the exclusive versus what you can and can't play if you have a playstation or xbox a whole lot more people wanted to make sure they could play spider-man 2 than wanted to play starfield apparently so i mean that's really what it comes down to yeah and like you know then the general sentiment seems to back that up i wonder how long that will hold if if, if Xbox really starts getting their exclusive lineup out the door because next Matt, year. Next year for Xbox should be awesome. It should be, yeah. I mean, awesome. Like, there are so many games that should be done for next year for Xbox. And again, I'm looking down the pipe for PlayStation. I'm not seeing much. Well, we don't know anything about it. I mean, you could say the same about Nintendo, but there's clearly stuff in there we don't know about yet. I mean, we have games for Nintendo coming until, we know about games until June of next year. Yeah. That's where it stops. It stops at June. But we don't know anything about... Um, After June, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about Sony next year, really, at all. No. I mean, other than all the games-as-a-service stuff that we've talked about a bunch here on Game Face. But it's just awful. Like, it's the industry leader, and this is the output that we're getting. It ask, Demand better, people. Ask for better. We should be getting more. We should be getting better. I think we do get better. We just don't get more. We don't get quantity, but I do think we get quality. Yeah. I mean, PlayStation's games, there's a reason why they have these gaps, because they spend yeah. eight years making the damn games. But it, to me, huge turkey. Like, my PlayStation, like, I, for whatever reason, I've made PlayStation 5 my daily driver. I kind of regret it now. I mean, I don't. Like, I mean, I don't use it as my daily driver. Yeah, your Xbox is your daily driver. Yeah, but I'm playing the same things I could play on, an, on a PlayStation. I mean, do you ever play your PlayStation 5? Only when it's something that only is on ps right usually. so did you play it like you played final fantasy 16 played final and fantasy, this 16 i played this i played uh i play the yakuza games because that's just i i prefer yakuza did. games with a playstation because <laughs> that's what they always were on right you know yeah um small little like square stuff i do play on playstation because i associate it with the playstation controls for whatever reason yeah um that kind of thing so, but yeah I, I play the xbox more just because most stuff i or piece i mean obviously i play a lot of pc this year because 
at a new PC. I wish I had um, just chosen it because it has a bigger hard drive. Now instead, here I am. I'm about to spend $150 on a hard drive expansion for my PlayStation 5. Yeah, I mean, that's the early on, that was the main reason I went Xbox because there was room on the fucking hard drive. Right, yeah. Um, and that's still kind of true, but like now it's just sort of like most stuff performs a little better on Xbox. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's good enough for that's good enough for me to to move over there. Yeah, so anyway, that doesn't seem to matter to most people because I can afford to have both of them to play the different exclusives. But most people want to play, you know, Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon and Spider Man. Yeah, which is yeah, not absolutely. Like if I had to pick one or the other, I would almost certainly pick also because I could play the other stuff on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, next year you're gonna if you're if you're really gonna look, be looking to, staring down the barrel of. Um, Hellblade 2 and maybe Avowed and you know who knows what else might be ready next year we don't really Fable I mean Fable should be done um, State of Decay should be close to be no, done we're never seeing State of Decay again um, I don't think what do you mean we're never seeing it again I don't think again. we're going to see Fable next year really I mean I think we'll see it but it's not coming out next year I don't think seems like it should um, be ready probably should be but I don't think it is um, and then um, I mean I think we're going to get a Forza Horizon um, it's time it is due uh, those are like clockwork. Yeah. So. Um, so, I mean, that's a, a solid lineup. And for PlayStation, we don't really know anything. We know yeah. we know Last of Us Two, obviously. I think at least one of those games as a service should launch. Now. Helldivers will launch. Helldivers will, but that's also on PC. PC too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's but then so is Xbox stuff. So yeah. It's, if it counts for Xbox, it should count for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, like I don't really know. I mean, a, a lot of the live service stuff, I don't even know what they are. You know, we know they're they're a number. There's a list of them. There's a bunch of them coming. But we don't really. Know. I mean, we know Marathon, which is also on PC. Fair Games. But uh, yeah, just Concord. Maybe I don't even think that's a game as a service. I don't know. Could be anything. Yeah. And like you don't even know. Yeah. You know, what's Sucker Punch doing? Right. Yeah. You know, Ghost of Tsushima Two's in there somewhere. I mean, that probably will be shown off for the first time next year. Yeah. My guess. Um, but it won't come out next year. You know, maybe we'll see a little bit of what Grill's working Sony on for ben, the next Horizon. That's not going to come through next is ben, year. Ben, is Ben, does it, does it even exist? It is does it? still exist. Yeah. Or is it like a support company? That's part of now. what it does. But yeah. it also reportedly has pitched something that PlayStation has given the green, green light mm. to. So we'll see. But I don't anticipate any production. Gorilla either. Like the, the next Gorilla, Horizon game soon. is still yeah. years away. A couple years out. I don't know. Naughty Dog? Like... Naughty Dog's clearly... I mean, this is a stall tactic, basically. Yeah. I mean, if Factions is still in play, that might happen, but I don't care about that. That either. might be the one game as a service that makes it out. I don't know. It's not looking good. So, anyway, one of my turkeys for 2023, the lack of exclusive first-party output from PlayStation's studios. Matt, what is your third and final turkey for 2023? Uh, you know, Normally, we don't go straight up different games in this mm-hmm. but i felt the need to go straight up game because i'm not going to mention this in my worst of in the game of the year show yeah but it, i feel like the need to call it out and that's forza motorsport and i could understand why um, you, would, <laughs> you would choose it and partly game. and part of it is why what you know when we're doing this right yeah. now because uh not only do am i a little shocked at how bare bones this was when it came out but i am doubly shocked that nothing's gotten better since like there's been no up there's no yeah. added features they no don't ma- have anything else there's nothing it hasn't <laughs> had an update since last month i know um i mean on top of you know similar i'm still waiting for that fucking patch for starfield people it's you know the, the steam beta thing went up but it's still nothing no it went up yesterday oh did it yep the final patch the dlss official Finally. dls patch went up yesterday yeah it took a while yeah but forza just if forza just seems to be like weird like running silent in a weird way Meanwhile, the turn ten guy got promoted to the head of the whole thing or whatever, but like, yeah. I'm just surprised that there's no, there isn't more. Um, isn't that crazy that they hot that they 
promoted the guy who runs the studio that made this game that mm. took them, what, six years to release a half-assed game, and you put him as the head of all your studios? Yeah. That was a huge red flag to me. Maybe I was like, maybe that's why it was like I mean, he was busy doing all this stuff already. I maybe mean. I hope because otherwise, like, what are you thinking there with that hire? But I mean, before this game, I would have said that dude's a good pick because he ran turn ten like a literally like a well-oiled machine like for a, a while, like a, like a, like a high-end race car. Like yeah. They were putting stuff out every two years, and it was a banger every time. Yeah, and then he came six years and this. Like, and what happened? It's really weird. I totally get why this is. Um, Again, for me, it's more about how long it took. Like, mm-hmm. if this game had only been in development for, like, 18 months or two years, I'd have been like, sure. all right. But with this, but you're, you're, like, you're like, did you start over a few <laughs> yeah. times? And, like, how did you have to start over a Forza game? Like, what else did you think it was? Yeah. Like, I don't understand because what Because ultimately happened. what it, it is is exactly what everybody thought it was right. going to be. There's no curveballs. And it just, it just feels so sterile yes. and empty. And it's just like... I've never said it in my life. Grand, the Gran Turismo <laughs> e- equivalent of this game it has more personality. Yeah, it feels more interesting. Like yeah. it feels like a more, it feels like a better celebration of cars and car culture and what it means to to be a racer and to be driving. And so like, and I've never said that or thought that about Gran yeah. Turismo. Gran Turismo has always dropped that ball constantly, and Fort that was always Forza's strength. And the Forza, honest, Matt, Forza was the, that <laughs> yeah. it was about the love of car culture, uh-huh. and that's just not here. Well, let's be honest. Gran Turismo 7 does still drop that ball. It does. That's just how bad Forza Motorsport is. But at least it has a ball (laughs) to drop. Like, Forza doesn't even even bring the ball. Yeah. It doesn't even know we play this sport with a ball. Yeah, Erebus Jones is like, I didn't hate Forza. We're not saying we hated it. I hate it. It just, there's nothing to like. But it's just like, it's so meh. meh. Like, (laughs) when I sit down to play a game, it doesn't even occur to me to open Forza. No way. And that's just never been. I have no interest in going back and playing this game again. That's never been true of the other. Well, here's the other thing, Matt. It's like, a lot of times if I go back to games, like this it's like hey i've got a spare like 20 minutes here i'll jump yeah. online and do a cut you can't do that in this no, game you gotta do a qualifying you race can't first. just jump into no. an online race screw this game and i can't believe it took all those years to make this game and you're right here we are a month later and it's still not getting updates what the hell is going on mm-hmm. i i think it's a great pick for a turkey for 2023 um if you're gonna pick a specific game it's hard to think of a better one from this year than Forza Motorsport. Yeah, I've, there's way worse games, but there's this was the one that made me go, just makes me constantly sit there and go, what happened? What? Yeah, what happened? What? How? How yeah. did it happen? I'm right there with you, man. I agree with you a thousand percent. So Matt's last turkey for 2023 is Forza Motorsport. And my last turkey for 2023, a little bit similar to what Matt uh, mentioned for his first one with the layoffs, but mine's a little more specific. And I am going after Embracer. Um, and the reason I'm going after Embracer is because whoever was running that company is a complete and total idiot. You do not put the jobs of thousands, tens of thousands of people in jeopardy over some flim flam deal with the Saudis. Well, you do if you're trying to run a whole grift about this whole thing. Like that, that's what it turned out right. to be, was it was a giant grift yeah. to build this thing up, sell it for two four, two to four billion dollars to the Saudis, or whoever would, I mean, look, they tried to take it to Amazon, I mean, whoever would buy it, they'd right. take it. Um, and it all fell through, and now they're all left holding the bag, and thousands of people are gonna lose their jobs because yeah. of it. And, it was- and that's common, like, you know, just this morning, that guy, the leader of that, uh, the, that crypto company, Binance, like, you know, basically got, you know, he's guilty of federal uh, money laundering charges, do you know what the fine for, for, for that they have to pay is? $4.3 billion. <laughs> like they're ever going to pay. And it's it. like, what? 
Why why would you do why would you try to steal basically 4.3 billion why don't you steal 100 million and yeah. like call it a day yeah. like, what, what, like why did you the, need the scale of the, the greed, greed is just yeah. it's hard to fathom I'll like, never understand it like it's it's like like there's the pharaohs of old would look at you and be like bro you need to turn yeah. it down a little bit <laughs> like tone it down standing in front of his pyramid you know, Ramses is just like bro yeah what come on yeah, <laughs> just I mean, build one of these and call it a day. It's, it's way less than four billion dollars. Yeah. Matt, what kind of a sociopath do you have to be to do that? To know that you have the lot. These are people's lives, mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people's lives all around the world. Well, it's they're, not, they're never going to need to face those. And people. you're just they're never going to need to even think about but it. But it's again. like you just don't care about them. It's crazy. Well, they care now because they got a worthless company on their hands. Well, yeah, but now they have to lay everybody off. Now, right. but now well, they'll be fine. Is, they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll have their golden parachute. It's the workers, the people who actually did, who created the new Saints Row game, the people who mm-hmm. were who are working on the new Time Splitters game that everybody can't wait to see. Those are the people who are going to pay for this. It is crazy. Like, how does somebody? And when you liquidate all this stuff. God knows who ends up with these IPs. How do these people not, how are they not held criminally liable for doing this? This was a scam. Yeah. It was a scam that cost people their livelihoods. By the way, the company's called Embracer. Yeah. This was not hard to pin down. We knew what this was when it was happening. Yeah. Just, we, well, we kept sitting here on the like show, amoeba. and we're just like, "Well, how is this happening? Why are they doing? Why do they? Keep, how do they acquire everything?" You might as well just call it amoeba grift. Yeah, we were like, "Where's LLC. the money coming from?" Mm-hmm. And it was coming from nowhere. Apparently, yeah, it was coming from borrowed time. Yeah. it was coming for like the idea was to build it up. I mean, they 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 bought the Lord of the Rings for God's it's sake. It's insane, Matt. These people own the Lord of I the Rings. Know. It's so awful, man. Like what they've done is just awful. So the CEO is not only an idiot, he's also a sociopath. Like, does not give a crap about anyone. It's just disgusting. And again, this is affecting people all around the globe. They bought so many studios, so much IP. It's just, the Abram says Crystal Dynamics is effed. Yes. Yeah. They are effed. It's just... I mean, someone, you know, when the time comes, someone will, would probably buy Crystal Dynamics off of them when they liquidate. The question is, are they going to last that long? Yeah. Will they, they last that long? Right. They could shutter the company before yeah. then. As A lot part of these of their, companies could shutter before then. Yeah. That's part of the downsizing to, you know, preserve the money that they're going to pay the people at the top. So these people have families. They're desperate. They they lose yeah. their job. And remember, no one's replacing these companies. Right. Like, the, there are not other jobs to go no. to that are, like, equivalent to this. Like, they're Crystal Dynamics gone. would go away. Right. You know, Volition has gone away. Yes. They're gone. Like. It's awful, man. You're, the best you're looking at is the people that got fired trying to get together some kind of funding to form another company. And then they don't have Saints Row. They don't have their IP. They don't have the, the reputation. They don't have the, the recognizable name of Volition because Volition's one of those old venerable companies that's always been around. Yep. Free Radical, another one. Time Splitters guys. Yep. They're they're gone. I mean, it's, it's a travesty what's happened. And it's going to get worse, Matt. There's going to be more layoffs. There's going to be more studio closures. Oh, yeah. The Embracer when they thing can't is find gonna, buyers for this stuff. The Embracer thing is going to keep sending shockwaves for years, maybe. Yes. It's insane. And they really, I guess, ultimately, because of the human element of it, they are my number one turkey for 2023. Mm-hmm. It's just the scale of what Embracer has done is almost unfathomable. It really is. It's hard to even understand the amount of people because it's not even just the people that are working for their it's their families it's their kids it's their spouses it affects everyone 
It's just awful. And that's the end. I mean, they're just going to sit there and bleed out now because the yeah. Saudis are your last resort. And the Saudis it. know it now. And they're just going to sit there. They're going to watch it, bleed, mm. as you said, bleed out until they can get it for $1.1 billion. Or if they're even interested. Or if they're, right. I mean, why would, I mean, it's such a slapdash collection of things that don't make sense together. No, you're right. Like, I don't blame anyone, them or Amazon or anyone for not buying, want to buy Embracer. It doesn't make any sense. Like, even when they were scooping stuff up, you're like, what's the pattern here? Right. Like, I don't get it. We, we couldn't figure it out. Yeah. We just sat here. We're like, what the hell's going on? They were just acquiring content. They were, they were basically treating corporate acquisitions like Netflix treats like putting content on their service. Yep. It's like we have look at all the look at all these things on the list. And ultimately it's been left holding the bag. And yeah. it's not even Embracer <laughs> that's holding the bag. It's all its employees. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there you go. Those are our turkeys for 2020. Usually these are like lighthearted and fun, but that last one man, it just really pisses me off thinking about mm-hmm. all the people that got screwed over by this thing. So um And it's a very common thing, you know, this year. It's, it's just how it goes, you know. Bandcamp, yeah, you know that's dissolved it, bought it, yeah. had it for a year, and everybody gets fired after promising like, oh, everything's going to be fine. It's yeah. like, no, of course, never. You can never ever trust that shit. You can't ever trust, trust corporations. Trust no. Period, man. Like one of the biggest mistakes I think I've made in my career is caring too much about the corporations that I've worked for, oh, yeah. and thinking that they cared that I was getting there early and staying late, or that they cared that mm. I was working 60 or 70 hour a week. They that don't. One, that was one of the big adjustments to, that I had to make when we moved from Tech TV to G4, because Tech TV was a pretty small company. Yeah. Was, you know, they, Paul Allen didn't care, but the people at the top of Tech TV did care mm-hmm. about most stuff. They, they were out there with us. They, were, they came from our ranks, that kind yeah. of thing. G4 was... Comcast. Yeah. It was Comcast. Like, there it's was like, there hey, was... here's this guy whose dad has worked with us for 40 years. He really sucks at his job. So we need to put, but we can't fire him. So we need to put him mm-hmm. somewhere. Oh, let's put him in, man- in management at G4. That's mm-hmm. what G4 felt like to me. Yeah. <laughs> like nepotism. I mean, let's be fair. G4 was founded because the guy who made Inspector Gadget 2 was a surprise hit and they said you we'll give you money do whatever you want and he said i want to start a, comp- a a video game tv network yeah that's how g4 got started which is crazy <laughs> inspector gadget 2 yeah it's nuts is the reason that all started yeah yep and we, the, we had to move to la yeah, because of it <laughs> how weird if only we knew when we were seeing those stupid trailers for that stupid movie <laughs> yeah so anyway there you go those are our turkey awards for 2023 a tradition that i have been a part of now for i don't know like 15 years it seems like i've been doing turkey awards around thanksgiving so hope you guys enjoyed them it gives us a chance to kind of vent about the things that really pissed us off at least until we do it again for our game of the year awards all right next up we're gonna talk about a damn game and that game is super mario rpg remake for switch um Matt, you missing and I... its subtitle for some reason. What'd you say? Missing its subtitle. Yeah, why did they remove that? It's I a little, don't know. A little weird. I guess you don't really need it. Yeah. It's harder to read on the on a little screen. It's really long, too. Yeah. Was it seven stars? <laughs> the, something destiny. of the seven stars or something? Yeah, something yeah. seven. Yeah. It's really long. Um, for our purposes, we're just going to call it Super Mario RPG. Both Matt and I played this on Super Nintendo when it released how many years ago now? Was that 95? Yeah. So 28 years ago? Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> Wow. It was great back then. But is it still yeah. great in 2023? That's the question. Still pretty, um, still pretty good. Now, it is a remake. Or is it? Yeah, it's a remake. Yeah. A full remake. There's nothing original in that thing. That's true. Yeah, everything's been done over from scratch. Um, however, I've seen better remakes. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. But I mean, they made this to kind of fit 
like if you didn't know this was a remake of anything it could be you'd be very easy like if you're young enough to not know super nintendo stuff mm -hmm. You could very easily just assume this is like a current side Mario project. Yeah, yeah. Like it looks just like all the non-mainline game stuff. It looks, you know, it's it's not too far off of like the the Rabbids stuff. Yeah. In terms of kind of character design and look and scale to some degree. Yeah. I do think it's very funny that Mario saves this fucking kingdom over and over again, and he lives in a home like a, a, a one room shack. <laughs> And then you get to the fucking the castle, and there's a guest room. Yeah, what the? <laughs> and apparently, the Peach was going over to Mario's house, and they're like, "Well, we thought she was with you." Like, it's been like a day. What? Yeah, I see how it is in the fucking Mushroom Kingdom. She's just going to her fucking booty call in a goddamn shed in the woods. What are going? <laughs> Luigi doesn't even live with him yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, anyway, is a, there is a very loose plot to this game, um, and it's the same plot that's in every Mario game. Princess Peach has been taken yeah. by Bowser, and you need to rescue her. <laughs> well, except that's, that's the plot of the very beginning, and then something else shows up yeah. and fucks up Bowser. Yeah. And you have to rescue Peach from whatever that is, and eventually Bowser isn't happy about it either yeah um it's a whole thing well there's also like a side story like there's this weird marshmallow dude that yeah. you meet and he, he's like it turns out he's adopted <laughs> well of course he's in marshmallow right. he's not a frog he thinks he's a frog he's living with these frog creatures they never told him he wasn't a frog and then they break it to him and he's devastated and then one of the side things that you do in this game is to try to find his real parents right <laughs> oh it's but I mean, really it's, it's weird but yeah sure it is what it is, I guess is a good way to put and it. You know, it's the ancestor of Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi Superstar games where, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's turn-based combat, but there's a timing, like, little mini-game for every attack or every defense that can, you know... Mitigate make, damage mitigate or, damage damage or damage. double your hits or whatever you want, you know, it's, it's, which is fine, keeps you engaged. It's, yep. um... And the timing on some of it is very difficult. Oh, it's brutal. Um, I think it's brutal. <laughs> well, first of all, as far as like the remake of this, basically they've redone the visuals, as you can see. It doesn't look like a Super Nintendo game anymore. They've made completely re they've actually really re completely redone all the music in the game. Mm -hmm. But you can choose whether you want to listen to the classic MIDI sounding music or whether you want to listen to the more orchestral stuff that they produced for this new version, which is very good. It is, yeah. They do a good job with it. Yeah. Um, and then there are some slight tweaks to the gameplay. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's a pretty faithful, for better or worse, it's a faithful transit translation of the OG original. Yeah, I imagine it's probably most people see as, as better because this is, I know this is one of the highest rated Super Nintendo games mm -hmm. by, by especially old school fans. Um, I was never a huge fan of I me mean, it was I liked good it. i liked it but it was never one of my top picks really. i felt like i got my money's worth with this game big time oh yeah because it lasts sure. a while and back then it the combat i didn't look at it as repetitive as i do now <laughs> like when i played it back when the super nintendo when i finished it i was never like oh man that kind of got grindy at the end or that seemed yeah, really well, was, repetitive because that's just how everything was but i got like eight or nine hours into this and i was like oh boy i don't know if i can fight the goombas another time because <laughs> there just aren't that many enemies in the game and back again back in the super nintendo era like that's the way every game was now it to me it sticks out that you're fighting kind of the same enemy types like over and over again yeah, i mean to me that's just rpgs that's that I mean, I this felt, one seems particularly egregious. i don't think so really I'm not really i mean it's it's i mean i felt the same way in final fantasy 16 like it's no matter how modern an rpg gets there's there's always gonna be a point where it's like yeah you again i thought this one was really bad though because the other thing too about this game is like you'll get like you don't 
you go through periods where you don't have to grind and then you have to. So mm-hmm. you'll get to like you'll go to a new area for the first time and they'll just like whoop your ass basically for the first like few battles. You're like, yeah, I could probably if I perfect all these battles, I might be able to beat them. But you know what? I'm just going to go back to the prior world that I played and all those enemies that I ran past because I was sick of fighting the same enemies over and over. I'm now going to go back. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to fight those same damn enemies literally like 50 times in a row because I need to to level up so that I don't get my ass kicked in the next world like that was the problem is that you they force you to fight these same enemies over and over it's like you go to a new area it's like the first 10 fights it's like okay that's fine i'll fight goombas 10 times in a row but then you realize there's like 80 more of those fights and so for me i would just start running past them because you can pick and choose what battles yeah, I mean, for the most part. You're supposed to run past them. So I would just yeah. run past them. But then you get to the next world. You're like, oh, no, I couldn't. I needed to fight those guys because I needed to level up one or two more times to actually mm-hmm. make it this next section of the game not annoying AF. And so I, I don't think I really uh, I don't think I really ran into that too much. I did. I mean, you can I try, I try, to, try to suffer through it because the thing is, is like you have to get the timing. If you want to fight those battles without grinding and leveling up. You have to be perfect. Mm. You can't ever miss a block. Because those enemies will take half your health with one hit. Yeah. And so it's either like you're perfect on the timing or you die and you have to load it all up again and do it all over again. Or you can just go back and actually fight all the enemies that you ran past before. And if you do that, it's perfect. Like this game is yeah. designed so that you need to fight every enemy yeah i pretty much fight everyone in the area once unless some there's areas where See, like, i didn't there's I areas where they just infinitely respawn and you, you know you can't get some of them they do that. yeah like there's usually infinite respawning enemies in one section of each area because so you can grind specifically so you, can grind. So you don't have to run all the way back which if you don't is, want yeah, to which is why yeah. uh the, the spikies are infinite here the spinies are infinite here in this area there's a like the i think few few later there's the those wolves are mm-hmm. infinite there's the weird frog things yeah like so they're there if you need them but generally i just go through and make sure i fight each thing i see once and that seems to be enough see i you're right it is but i got sick of fighting those same enemies way before i fought them all and i just started running past them and then you get to the next area they're like no 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 you need to go back and you need to fight all those guys otherwise this next level is going to be a pain in your ass and so i tried to fight through it the first time i got so frustrated i was like screw it i just went back and just grinded and leveled up and then i went back to that area and it still wasn't easy mm-hmm. but it was manageable yeah the issue is like you know i'm pretty good at getting the uh the blocks perfect but like I'm much worse at getting the attacks perfect, and it just takes forever. Yeah, like because you, you get you, you gotta. And the like, blocks are hard. And what's though. his name? Uh, Mal is it Mallow or whatever his name? Mal is his name. Yeah, man. like he doesn't do any fucking damage at all. Like he's no help. You have to use magic. He's yeah. a magic caster. So if you use like his thunder spell, it wipes yeah, the map with right. him. But you can only use it like four times, times before you run out of your magic, and then you're right. He does like one hit point yeah. with his melee. You share FP. Yeah. So. And I just use them for healing, really, more than, yeah. you know, if I, you know, th- I use Thunder on the bosses that are weak to it, so I do remember that well enough, but, like, it's just, yeah, it's better when you get more characters. Yeah. It gets better the more characters that join you. But it also, again, I also as time goes on, it's more repetitive. I find all the cutscenes to be framed too close. Yeah. Like, because they're, sh- they're using it, to, they're just doing the animation in the world, and they're framing the camera down in the actual game world, and I, it's, I think they're just... It's not big enough to, to do wider shots, and it looks really weird to me. Yeah, the cutscenes also, I think, look bad. Like, I feel like this is like a... Like, the visuals are better, obviously, than the Super Nintendo version, 
but it also feels like these cinematics are like CG from like 1998 or something. Yeah. Like, well, I think most of them are in in engine. Really? Yeah. This was better, higher quality models, but like they mostly look in in engine to me. They're the exact same locations. I think those are CG. I don't think they are. I, th- I think I think they're they're in engine recorded and replayed. I don't think so. I think that look they look way too good. Because the other thing too is I don't think the in-game visuals look all that good. Like they're lazy. Like there's a lot of copy and paste in this where it's just the same bush over and over and like the bush has these weird like jaggy edges around it that make it stand out. Like it obviously looks better, but I think there's more charm in the Super Nintendo one, honestly. Like this mm-hmm. one, I don't know. It to me this looks like a real this looks like a project that they gave to like 40 people and gave them 18 months to make it. That's what I feel like playing this. And again, it is an improvement over the sprites from the Super Nintendo version, but I don't think this game looks good. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah. Like passable. And it's like you could either do it like this or you could do like, you know, basically higher higher quality sprites. Um, you know, like really high quality like Dude, I'm almost like I guess like an Octopath Traveler kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that would be cool actually. It might be interesting to see how it looks. It's not really Nintendo style. That also takes a lot more work, I think, than they were willing to yeah. put into this. Um, um, someone in fine. chat fine. requested that we really describe how the combat works. So it is a ter- it's a turn based RPG, and as you can see, you take turns attacking, and you have a melee attack with each character, but then you also have special attacks, um, and the special attacks are governed by magic points, basically. And as Matt said, you share those magic points across your entire party, and they don't get replenished. When I haven't even figured out, Matt, when they get replenished. Have you? Uh, they replenish based on when you level up, I think. Right. And you can get items that drop out of enemies that will replenish some. Yep. And like you can, honey you or can something. Find, well, they, those are inventory items, but they can drop, like the way they drop the thing that brings your health back. You mean up mid-battle. Mid-battle. Yeah, battle. yeah. And then if you can find um, flowers in uh, treasure chests and blocks that are instantly restore some of it. Yeah. I had, um, so I struggled trying to anticipate. So you're in a battle and you're like, oh, I only have five magic points left. I don't know when they're going to be replenished. Mm-hmm. Should I use my magic attack? Should I not? No, you should not. Yeah. You're right. You should <laughs> Normally use, you should not. This yeah. is a classic RPG. You use magic attacks when you are either completely outmatched or when you're fighting a boss. That yeah. is it. Yeah, that's pretty much when I use it. Um, so anyway, you take turns fighting back and forth, but when both when you attack or when you are attacked, there there's this window where you hit the attack button. So in the middle of your attack, if you tap it again, you'll do like a super attack. If an enemy is attacking you and you tap the attack button at the right time as the attack lands, you can put up a shield that where it will do no damage. Or if your timing's a little bit off, it scales as far as how mm-hmm. much hit points you lose. If you completely miss the block, even some rank and file enemies will take like half your health with landing one attack. Oh, yeah, some of them, even early on, like you, you can die in two or three hits. Like the bees in this, like the timing. And the other thing too is the timing, the blocking is, I think it's hard. I'm surprised that you think the, uh, the blocking is easier. Because they'll juke. Like, the enemy will jump in, and you'll hit the attack button, and they'll pause, and then they'll wait to do it. Or the battle will start, and before you're even, like, looking at the screen, like, it'll fire a projectile across the screen and take half of your health, like, before you even notice that it's happening. Like I'm pretty good at reacting to that. It's it's the figuring out, it's rema- remembering the timing for every different attack that I've yeah, dealt with. Yeah, because each enemy no, will my, have, like, two no, or three different enemy attacks. Attack. Enemy attacks are easy. It's It's my attacks that i have trouble getting getting down for whatever reason especially the magic stuff i don't think i've ever hit the 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 bonus 
timing on the lightning attack. That's funny. I have no problem doing that at all. No, that's that's. You wait. The, all you have to do is just wait till the icon pops up. If I wait that long, it's too late because I have more lag on my on my TV. Well, I will just say this. I agree with you a thousand percent. The windows that they give you for this are insane. Like I was missing both offensive and defensive like mm-hmm. timing, and I plugged my console directly into the TV and I started hitting them every time. Mm-hmm. That's how small the window is. Yep. Is that if the milliseconds you shave off by eliminating like a capture card or the fact that it's going through my receiver to my TV, that was throwing me off mm-hmm. with the timing. That's how tight the windows are yep. for timing in this. Yeah, I should be clear. Um, when I'm ti- hitting the timing on this, I am not looking at those the visual, like the, the, the yellow burst with the exclamation point that's your timing note yeah you wait for that on, at least on my tv you wait for that it's too late yeah so because i'm i'm just learning where it is and hitting it and i have an easier time of learning where the defense is rather than the attack i would like to watch a young person play this and see if they're able to hit the timing on this stuff i found it very surprisingly difficult and I'm more sure, difficult sure than i remembered man. from the super nintendo game too this is about i mean the, the windows on that were not wide either they were, they, this about I, I don't think they've really changed any of the gameplay in terms of the combat in this. I think the main change is well, it could be that now we're running our console like I run it through a receiver or I'm running mm-hmm. it through a capture card. That all introduces lag. I can for introduce me. some lag, but I think it's I think the windows are the same. Um, right, that's what I'm saying. You just weren't you, you, it's just you a, didn't have that introduction of exactly, lag in the exactly, old Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And the only real difference in the gameplay to me seems to be that you're you're it's it's a little less stiff in the overworld. Like, you're able to move around a little more the, freely. To me, it is. You're right. You can move around more. I, it still sucks. Trying to jump with an isometric perspective. Like, if there were no shadows, there, I would never be able to land on anything. Just, mm-hmm. You have to look for the shadows on the ground. Like, because it's just impossible to judge the perspective. And there's a lot of it where, like, you're jumping, like, on platforms and, like, I, mean, I thought it's a the walk. It, it I didn't bother me because I played a whole lot of Land Stalker. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's you know it's there was an era where you just had to do that. It's hard to or jump in three D space like, with yeah, an isometric it was, camera. It was a hard. I mean, you use you got to use the shadows. Yeah, that's the only thing, and, and that's it sucks. Yeah, um, but it's that's the game. They didn't really change much about the game. Um, that's what I'm getting at. Is like there is some stuff that they could have improved in this game that they did. Yeah, not. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's pretty much how it is like the same my my issue with movement was like a constantly i'd be like okay i want to go fight that enemy and then the enemy would see me and run at me and then i we'd miss each other yeah they run past go back you yeah. i'm like no i want to fight come back here, come back here. like it was yeah. that was weird like, it's just yeah. like it's i thought all the overworld controls were just wonky and janky it's and... a little it feels a little i don't know it feels a little off in a weird yeah. way i get used to it but like i got better over time it's still annoying af though um, but really, what it, the game comes down to, it is the turn-based battles. The bulk of your time playing this game, you're going to spend in turn-based battles. Yeah. There's a couple like a little side RPG. things you do. There's it's a like, 16-bit square RPG. Let's yeah, be yeah. Specific. There's um, there's like a bar- like a barrel like rolling mini game that you can play. There's another goofy mini game where you're like climbing down waterfalls. Like, <laughs> they work better on the Super Nintendo game than they do in this. In mm-hmm. this, they stand out as something like a relic well they were also yeah i mean they were kind of amazing at the time you know there, there was there was an element especially because of the art the style tech. there was nothing else that looked right. like it yeah now it's just this dated like weird goofy mini game that you yeah, play it's a, it's a it's a bit of a throwback around I me mean, i think it's fine it's a it's a it's a solid remake of a classic game that um I don't know. I don't know how it would play without nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I will say I don't have a ton of nostalgia for this game. Like, I have I, some. 
I, I, I remember playing it when I was young. I, I thought it was fine. I was. I mean, again, I've never been much of a Mario fan. Um, you know, the, the the highlights of the Super Nintendo uh, for me were all like things like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy JRPGs, VI, and which this was, but Street Fighter, um, yeah. things like that. But I guess to answer your question though, is active is a turn based combat with an active element to it is the best way to describe the combat yeah. in this. And it is what you'll be doing the bulk. If of the you played time you Paper play. Mario or the Mario and Luigi games, you know what this is. Yeah, it's it's this is the predecessor to all those things. Yeah, they try to mix in Mario's platforming and jumping into the turn based combat, and it works. Like yeah. it's it's fun. It's it's a different way to play a turn based RPG. It's refreshing in that mm-hmm. way, even and though it was the game the f- is now twenty some years old. It was one of the first times they really fleshed out the characters much. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know the, where everybody talked. I mean, Mario didn't talk. Which they even call out a couple times. Where they're like, yeah. "What? Just talk. Yeah. Just tell me." And he, he does this. Well, thing he does these weird pantomimes. He, he transforms into other characters to sh- tell people what happened before, and you're like, "That's so just weird." Tell just me, just dude. Talk. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a full price game. Are you okay with that? Was it? I mean, it's sixty bucks. Was it? I guess. Did I pay sixty bucks for this? You should have. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, full pro- actually, Nintendo does release seventy dollars games now. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom was seventy bucks, so this is actually, I guess, cheaper than some of Nintendo's other games. But um, I don't know. Again, as somebody who played this, if you haven't played this, you know, if you didn't play it twenty some years ago, I'm, I struggle to figure out whether people will like it more or less if they didn't play the original. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I guess it beats, uh, yeah, sixty bucks. I guess it beats one hundred and sixty bucks for the old cartridge. Yeah. Which is crazy, <laughs> but man, that's pretty low for some of those old games. Yeah, um, I had fun playing this. I haven't finished it, and I'll be honest, Matt, I don't think I'm gonna finish it. No, I wouldn't think I'm gonna finish it, but I like it. Yeah, it's it's, it's fine. I enjoyed it, it for is a while. What it is. It's a it's a it's a solid remake of a game that probably you know I mean it's of the things that have not been kind of brought forward in time. You know, this is one of them. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, of all the Super Nintendo games, this is. Certainly one of them. One thing I would say, though, it's a good handheld game. Yeah. Playing this in handheld mode, like, it's fine. Big, invisible, and it probably eliminates the lag issue Mm -hmm. with the timing. Yep, so if you're someone who plays your Switch, you know, it's a turn-based RPG, so you can at least just put your Switch to sleep and come back and and wake it up whenever you want to, and it picks right up where you left off. It's very clear about where things are. Uh, Linear. In the old games, you know, they mark your your goal. In the old game, you had to get to the the save block to save, and this one, it saves every time you you change locations. As soon as you switch to a new room, it saves. And you you can manually save as well, Yeah, but... You don't have to. Yeah, there's not a lot of point to it other than to like just be sure you saved something. Or, or if you're um, me and you want to be able to go back and capture footage of yeah. like earlier parts of the game, stuff like that. But most people don't care about that stuff. So um, that's the biggest change, probably, is the fact that you can you know, the save is constant everywhere. Thank God, I would not play this if I had to wait for a save block to save mm-hmm. every time. And it's funny because sometimes you'll run into a save block in the in the world, and you're like, oh, this was this was here, so it wasn't quite so frustrating to run two more screens to get to the boss, right? Back when you had to save yeah. only at the blocks, yeah. But now it doesn't matter because it just saves. It just you saves right, every time in the boss fight, which is convenient and yeah. makes it palatable as a handheld game that it saves that that consistently. So you don't have to worry about making it to the save the save spot to save every time. Um, and Vincent reminds us that uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the only seventy dollars Nintendo game so far. Mm. Yep. Um, so would you recommend this as a purchase, Matt? If you like the original. Yeah, and feel like playing it again. What if you're a total noob and you had never even heard of Super Mario RPG before I don't this? No, 
I've, I mean, it's it's probably worth playing from a historical point of view, but I think like if you'd rather just go play Paper Mario or one of the Mario and Luigi's, those are. Do you think they're better? Available. I do think most of them are. I better. think they probably are too. Thousand yeah. Year Door is definitely better than. Oh this. yeah, agreed. Um, even the more recent ones, I think, are probably a little Several bit better. Are, yeah. like Sticker Bow- Star was pretty good. I didn't like Sticker Star at all. I think it's the worst one of these they've ever done. Really? Um, I, it, it just missed. The, it just missed the appeal to me. It got too into the sticker gimmick and didn't deliver the RPG for me. Um, but I would say like Bowser's Inside Story is better than this. Yeah. Um, longer too. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the time that I spent with it. Again, I don't think I'm going to go back and make sure that also, I. Also, I don't it. like the jump is on the B button. Me either. <laughs> I want it over here. Yeah, well, because all the other games have trained you for it to be yeah. over there on Switch. So, there you go. That Super Mario RPG remake for Switch. Uh, not, I guess we, I'm not giving it a thumbs up. Like, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I like it fine. I think it's a decent time waster. I think you know if you want this or not. Probably. Probably. Once you not know how the battle system works, which is why I think I think the Abram wanted more clarification on how it worked. Um but if you know how it works going in and you're still interested in it, then, you know, it's plenty long enough. You're not going to feel like you got ripped off. No. But I don't know. Like, if you want a Mario fix, I think just get Mario Wonder. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's really the hardest problem for this game is that the comp right now is Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is, like, sublime. So um, I feel like a lot of families are like, we'll buy one Mario game this holiday season. And I would wholeheartedly recommend that if you are that family that is going to buy one Mario game this holiday season that you do buy Super Mario Brothers Wonder and do not buy this. That is one thing I will say definitively is that I would recommend you buy Mario Brothers Wonder instead of this. Um, obviously, two entirely different games, but still, I think a lot of people are going to maybe make that decision here over the next six weeks or so as we get close to the holidays. So there you go. The Super Mario RPG, kind of lukewarm from both of us, but I think, Matt, you enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than I did. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about another kind of spin-off that is kind of like the base game but also not like the base game. Mm-hmm. Um and that is Persona 5 Tactica. It is a turn-based strategy RPG set in the Persona 5 universe. So you still get all the same characters that you know and love from Persona 5. In fact, you get pretty much all the stuff that you love from Persona 5. You get the crew, the characters, you get the aesthetic. And let me just get the B-roll running here so you can see what I'm talking about. You get the aesthetic as far as like how the menus work, the user interface, all of that stuff is basically just pulled over from the base Persona 5. Now, this game takes place at some point between the ending of the base Persona 5 and Persona 5 Strikers. Um, this is what the sixth spinoff of Persona Five at this Some point, Matt. Crazy <laughs> it's thing, really yeah. crazy. It's hard to keep track of it all, and it's hard to keep track of like how does all this stuff fall together. I do think this will be the last Persona Five game, though. With well, luck, I think this is the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I, I am done with. I would, man, Persona Five was plenty for me in its vanilla form. I didn't need any more Persona Five after a hundred hours. Yeah, of that. I play. I think I've played eighty hours of it or something ridiculous. I never finished it. I, I'm, I did. I'm, I have a save stuck at the beginning of the last dungeon, oh, and I just it's never, like impossible. I just never went back to. It. I'm just like, eh, who cares? Dude, that last dungeon is brutal. I, I must have fought it for like 20 hours to get through it. I never even played. Got into it. I, I was saved at the beginning of it, and like I just never really opened the game again. Interesting. I was just like, yeah, I've played enough of that. Yeah. Um, was well, I and said? I'm, I'm like this thing is like. <laughs> 
fuck you. Like, yeah. I, but why would I want to like? This dance, game is also really long. The dance game was good. And it was enough for me. I don't need any more spinoffs. Thank you. This isn't as long as Persona Five, but it's still like 40, 50 hours long. And this is another game where after I had played it for like ten hours, I was like. I'm kind of sick of the combat. I am done with Persona until Persona <laughs> 6 comes out. Like, you let me know when you're ready to do a new game. Yeah. Well, the plot in this is um, the whole crew is in the LeBlanc Cafe, which you probably remember from Persona 5. It's where they always hung out. And it was kind of like the hub where you would, like, launch your calendar and figure out what you were going to do with your day and all that kind of stuff. So in the beginning of this game, they're all hanging out in the LeBlanc Cafe. An earthquake hits. And when the earthquake is over, suddenly they've been transported to some other metaverse where this character named Lady Ma Marie, I think that's how they say her name, Marie or something. Mm. It's it's spelled Marie, but they pronounce it a different way. Same thing happened to my uncle in the uh, Loma Prieta earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but they, they, they end up in this metaverse. It's ruled by this Lady Marie. And she's kind of like a straight up like fascist like dictator or whatever. All the other people who are living in the metaverse with her hate her. And there are, there's this like rebel uprising that's trying to overthrow her. And her entire goal in life, Matt, is to have the ultimate wedding. All right. That is Lady Marie's goal in life is to have the ultimate wedding. And so you end up in this world with her. You get in a little bit of a scrap with her. And she brainwashes the vast majority of the Phantom Thieves to be on her side. However, you and Morgana are the two that aren't affected by it. And so you it's your job then to basically save your friends, the Phantom Thieves, but you also run into this brand new character named Arena. And she is the leader of the resistance in this other metaverse. So you team up with her. She's gonna help you save the other members of the Phantom, uh, of, of the Phantom Thieves. And then you're gonna help her topple Lady Marie. So you, it's a symbiotic relationship. You're doing something with, for her. She's doing something for you. And you team up, and she becomes a part of your party and becomes a fighter in your party. She is a magic caster. Um, and you obviously, also like Persona 5, you only get guns in this game. You can only level up the guns. But the guns don't actually level up. You just buy new ones. All the rest of the leveling up happens automatically after each battle. It automatically distributes the points to all your different attributes. The only thing you can do is when you're in between battles, you can go back to the hub world and go to the shop. And if you have enough money, you can buy new guns and upgrade your guns that way. But for the most part, a lot of the RPG stuff in this is kind of handled automatically, which is a little bit weird, I think. Um, so you have three characters in your squad. So you have three characters fighting in your party at a time and as you can see here in the b-roll you're fighting on grid-based maps they're, they're squares they're not hexagons which makes them a little bit more simple in this game in general if you played persona 5 this is way more simple in like myriad ways <laughs> in almost every conceivable way it's a more simple more stripped down game than what you had in persona 5. Um, so you have three character squads on the grid-based maps there are over 100 personas in the game and while not 100% accurate, for the most part, the personas, which is the Pokemon element of persona, there's these, these mystical creatures that you can control and use in battle. For most of the characters in the game, they re represent the magic casting. Now, magic casters all have magic spells, plus they can also use persona as well. But for most of the characters in the game, if you want to cast magic, you're going to do it through your personas. And as I said, there's 100 different personas in the game. However, they have simplified the personas as well. So each persona only has two different abilities, 
but you they really only have one you can only get the second one if you go to the velvet room where you can sort of fuse your own and again the velvet room is in this as well which was a place in persona 5 where you went to do the same thing basically just fuse your personas um, and so that get that will give if you fuse them that will give them their second ability for each of the different personas in the game um now to make good for that they give each character the ability to have two personas so ultimately you gotta have a max of four magic spells for each melee character and then even more magic spells than that if you're if you're talking about the magic casters in the game um so again they've simplified most of it um there's everything has less in this game which I don't know what the idea behind that is. I don't know if they're maybe trying to reach a younger audience with Tactica. I mean, if you look at the the visuals, obviously you can see that they're kind of chibi. All the characters have gigantic heads with like small skinny bodies. And I don't know if that's Atlas's like dog whistle for younger kids. I don't know. But the look is skews a little bit younger and the design of the game skews a little bit younger as well. And I would also argue that the difficulty in this game skews way younger. I found this game to be really, really easy. But is Mara in the game? What do you say? But is Mara in the game? Which one's Mara? Mara is the giant penis in a chariot persona. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. But again, I've only played like eight or nine hours of this. I have not finished or come anywhere. Mara is usually pretty deep into the game. Okay. That's true. No pun intended. No. (laughs) Persona is a weird thing to try to make kid friendly. It really is. It really is. Um, and then instead of each party member leveling up, leveling up individually, the team is there's a team level instead of each character. Um, and that team level also provides a level cap for persona fusions and your basic stats. Um, each mission you go out on, you take you and your, and you choose your party before you go out. And then you go out on the, and each map is literally like, I don't even know, like a quarter the size of a city block. Like they're, they're small. And most of the objectives in each one of them is just kill all the enemies. And most of the missions have eight enemies in them. So you can do some simple math there and figure out that each mission lasts like eight to 10 minutes, roughly. Some of the other objectives are like, hey, get to this zone in the map before the enemies catch up to you, that type of stuff. But for the most part, most mission objectives are just kill all the enemies in this little tiny map that you're on. And again, there's only like eight of them in each mission, so it doesn't take very long to do it. Um, And as you're also seeing here, cover is a huge part of the game. So if you're fully covered, you take no damage. If you're partially covered, you take 50% damage. And if you're out in the open, you're screwed. And that is kind of the entire strategy around the combat in this entire game, is stay in cover. If you're not in cover, you're screwed. And they give you tools to manipulate that idea so you can you can fire guns at enemies or you can cast your spells at enemies or you can use your personas from like 20 feet away on enemies or you can run up right next to them and perform a melee attack and if you do that it knocks them away and you can be strategic with it so if you knock them into an obstacle it does more damage to them so you the direction that you approach them matters because if you approach them from one side you may be able to melee them into a wall and do a ton of damage now what's most important about this melee attack is that it just knocks them out of cover once you knock them out of cover it's easy to down the enemies and as you know if you played persona 5 what happens once you've downed enemies 
you can do your all-out attack. And that is also what happens in this game. So here you can see, there I'm knocking him out of cover, but I, unfortunately I killed him. But once you knock him out of cover, then it sets him up to down him and then do your all-out attack where you and your whole team kind of team up on these over-the-top awesome attacks. Um, and that is pretty much the crux of the entire combat in this game. Um, just like Super Mario RPG, um, sometimes if you attack at enemies, you'll get like one more bonus attack. Uh, particularly once they're out in the open, if you do that, you almost always get an extra attack on your turn. Um, and those bonus attacks also stack. So if you keep doing it, you could literally build up like three or four attacks in a row and you can just wipe out pretty much the whole enemy team in one turn. It's again, like Persona 5, the idea behind the combat in this is building up, like stacking up the abilities and building combos. Somehow they've managed to apply a lot of the aesthetics from the base Persona 5 game into this more tactical angle on it. Um, what else is there to say about this? Um, you can re rewind and erase your turns. So if you screw up, and again, I think that's something else that makes it kid friendly. I just sit and wait, like there's no time limit between turns. So I just ponder and spend as much time as I want. Kids can get a little impatient and get a little hasty. Um, so if you do have make a turn that you want to take back, you can, you just hit start and go to the menu and you can erase the turn and start over again. But ultimately, as I said, this game is too easy. And the reason it is too easy is because of the cover system. Um, it's not hard to make sure you're in full cover at all times. And the game is also very generous when you're in full cover of making sure you can still attack enemies that appear to be in full cover. So an enemy will be right behind a block and you're like, oh, I can't hit him. But when you actually pull out the gun and try to shoot him, it will allow you to shoot him. So between that, making it easy to block and then just the mechanics overall of not being all that complicated, really all you're doing is trying to get the enemies out into the open and away from cover. And once you do that, they're just sitting ducks and they're easy to take out. And that's pretty much the strategy that you follow through this entire game and not much changes. My biggest complaint about this is that like playing it at eight hours was hardly any different from playing it the first hour. Like it doesn't scale well. Like instead of scaling the game so that it introduces like new abilities and new techniques to consider for your strategy, they just give more hit points to the enemies. And that's it. Like I never felt like I got better at this game. I just felt like I had to chip more as the game went on. And still, with the cover system, it was easy. It just dragged out the fights more over time. It didn't make me think about them in different ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and some of the battles in this, even though like they there's only eight enemies, sometimes they'll run from you and they'll drag out the battles. You have to like chase after them. Um, ultimately, the more I played this, the less I liked the game. And for a game that's like 40 or 50 hours long, that is not a good sign. Um, but as I said, if you're a fan of Persona 5, it definitely nails all the stuff that you liked about it, except for a couple things that I really liked about it that this game doesn't have at all, like exploration. There is no exploration in this game at all. Like you don't, there's no worlds that you just go run around in and meet people or do any of that stuff. Like the whole like school part of it is gone. There's no calendar. They talk about school all the time and how they're about to graduate and like people our age shouldn't be doing stuff like, they talk about it, but you never actually go to school. When you sit in the cafe, which is like the hub, there's options there, but like one is to like buy a gun or to upgrade <laughs> your gun or what, like there's nothing like, 
it not takes, a common thing in a Japanese cafe. Yeah, it takes. I feel like it takes a lot of personality out of the game, and in honesty, a lot of my affinity for the characters. You don't really get to know them all that well, even though the script in this is way too wordy and typical well, yeah. JRPG style. It's it's just like it, man. It's like get on with it. I don't need to. They literally spend three paragraphs writing something that could be explained in a sentence. And this game is just rife with it. After a few hours, I was just like hammering the button to go through the conversation. And I mean, literally, each conversation, you have to hit that button like 50 times, Matt, to get through that conversation. The writing is really wordy. The voice acting is great. They have brought back most of the voice actors from base uh, Persona 5. There's a couple that aren't, and you can tell it right away, but most of them are, and they do a good job with that. And also, once again, the music in this, absolutely incredible. So those aesthetics, like the, you can see already, like the menus and the UI, the art, like the heart, all that stuff pulled straight out of Persona 5. They do a good job with it. However, to me, some of the more important parts of Persona 5 are completely absent, like exploration. And again, like the battles just became repetitive and just had no substance over time. And I just started to lose interest in it. So I don't think this is a mistake. I think... They probably could have made a much better game that's only like 15 or 20 hours long, and that would have been totally fine. But instead, they've made a repetitive game that's 40 or 50 hours long. Some people may argue that that's the way they want it to get their money's worth out of the game, but I would I would rather play a really good 15 to 20 hour game than a mediocre 50 hour game. How do you fall on, on that, Matt? Um, I would rather not play this game. <laughs> You'd just rather all. not play this game at all. <laughs> Like, I don't see the point. Like, if I want something like this, I can boot up Midnight Suns again. Yeah. Or um, even Mario vs. Rabbids. This is for fans of Persona 5. Yeah. And uh, and it sold really well, so there's like a lot Persona, of them. But... I like Persona 5, but I don't need any more of it. Yeah. Well, this, as you could ascertain from what I've just been talking about, isn't Persona 5 for sure. They've They've streamlined it a lot. But here you can see some of the menus in the LeBlanc Cafe, the stuff that you can do. Uh, again, like your characters level on your own, on their own. The only thing you can really do is just buy a new weapon. Um, they do. Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, you can see there's the sub persona skill, so you can get two different skills for your second persona there. Um, so ultimately, if you have two persona, you have four four persona abilities total. Um, but otherwise, you're just buying weapons and upgrading your guns and letting the chips fall where they may. So this game is on Game Pass. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can go play it right now without paying any extra money. And it is available for every platform. And I mean every platform, including last gen. So it's available for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and for Switch, and for PC. Um, but I would not recommend buying this unless you're a dyed-in-the-wool, hardcore Persona 5 fan who has already played the other four spinoffs. You might even understand where this falls in with the plot, actually. Hmm. Um, but here's the only thing you control in your character. So each character has like their elemental ability. And then you have one skill tree for each one of them, basically. Um, where you can, you know, unlock stuff. I honestly struggled to see a lot of the differences with the buffs and the stuff I was unlocking in the skill tree. And here you can see this is a LeBlanc Cafe. You basically have the ability to do the stuff you just saw, or you can talk to people, or you can just go out on your mission, and that's pretty much it. So, again, a very streamlined Persona 5, much more probably user-friendly, but also missing a lot of the stuff that I think that most people really enjoyed about Persona 5 that kept them playing. 
for that 50, 60 hours. I, there's no way I could play this game for 60 hours. There's no way I would make it. Um, but again, if you are a Game Pass subscriber, very little risk to check this out. So why not give it a go? It, it, you may find that it resonates with you and it's one of your favorite games of the year. For me, it wasn't. Um, I don't regret the time that I spent playing it because I do like this universe and I do like these characters, um, but I don't see myself playing much more of it. So there you go. That's Persona 5 Tactica. And I think it will be the final Persona 5 release. I hope so. We were already starting to hear rumbles about Persona 6. Like we just created a game page for it like two weeks ago. I don't think we're too far away. Maybe at the Game Awards we get the first look at Persona 6. It's possible. Next up, Persona 5, the boomer shooter. Yeah, that's all that's left, pretty much. The city builder. Because they made, like, a hack and slash. They've made, like, the music and rhythm games mm. from it. Like a fighting game. Yeah. So there's not much left. And this was where's it. The, where's the kart racer? Yeah. That's the only thing that's left. Kind of surprised. There's Smash a, Brothers I'm game. I'm surprised there's, like, a Shin Megami Tensei kart racing right. thing. Yeah. It was like, feels like that would translate. Well, really they lend crazy. their characters to Smash Brothers. Or you could make a good Smash Brothers game out of Persona. Not just Persona 5, like all the Persona games, but yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's Persona 5 Tactica. It's available for everything, and it's on Game Pass right now. And with that, it's time to talk about our last game for Game Face 367. This is a smaller game that Matt played. You've actually been playing it for a couple weeks now. Well, I played it last week, really. Yeah. We didn't have time last week. And it's based on a book. And what I've learned, I haven't played this at all, but what I have learned about it and what, what most people seem to say is that the game is actually better than the book. Would you agree um, with that? And game, this game, by the way, is called The Invincible. The game is more accessible than the book because the book is written by Stanislaw Lem. And he is a uh, very hard sci-fi cerebral type guy. Uh, he's uh, the Invincible. I guess it's kind kind of one of his known things. But he's the main things he's known for are the books, uh, his master's voice and Solaris. Mm. And Solaris is mainly known because it's the Tartovsky movie and the uh, Steven Soderbergh remake with George Clooney. The art style um, in this definitely nails it. Um, yeah, and. Um, uh, the thing about Solaris is he didn't even like Solaris very much because um, the movies deal very much with the characters' interactions and, and relations with the people. Solaris is basically about a space station, science space station that's above a planet that has a intelligent ocean. And the, they're trying to communicate with each other. And uh, the, the ocean basically pulls these important people out of the space station people's minds and manifests versions of them on the space station. So, like the the main character in the in the movies it's his wife in the book it's his old ex-girlfriend he was kind of horrible to and regrets some things but the point of the book is very 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 much about how it is impossible for these two minds to communicate mm. it's about trying to communicate with something that we might not even recognize as intelligent okay um and that was a constant theme in all his stuff the movies are more love stories and like regret things he wanted it to be a hard sci-fi exploration of uh, different versions of intelligence trying to contact one another. Okay. And that is also what The Invincible is about. Uh, the Invincible, the book, in The Invincible, is about uh, this a warship called The Invincible who uh, arrives, at, uh, arrives at this planet, and over the course of the, of the story, it turns out that um, there is an intelligence on this apparently abandoned planet um, and the kind of the crux of the book and the crux of the game is figure the characters figuring out what that is. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you what it is because yeah, that's yeah, kind of the point. It. Yeah. 
Um, but the, the the upshot is that the the book is a very hard line examination of like communication style and what is intelligence and how do you recognize intelligence and how does intelligence recognize other intelligence and what would that even be and does it mean anything if you can't recognize and like imagine a whole, if, if Moby Dick if you've ever read that there's this the chapters that are just about whaling mm-hmm it's that. No. Like it's basically <laughs> Those are great that. chapters, though, by the way. Um, not a lot of Ishmael, a lot more yeah. about how you skin the whale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, this game takes place before the book. This is a science exploration vessel of the opposite side of the war of the Invincible. Uh, they're not a warship, but they are from the other, the other warring faction that's fighting the Invincible. Mm-hmm. And they end up on this, they're on the way home, kind of alien style. They're on their way home from a very long, years-long exploration mission, scientific mission. And they go into their hypersleep capsules. And then and you go, you're, you play the, the bio, the xenobiologist uh, character whose name is Yasna, I think. And she goes in her hypersleep capsule. And the next thing she knows, she's waking up in a spacesuit on this planet and doesn't know how she got there. And the the pr- progress of the game is basically figuring out where the rest of your crew is how you ended up on a planet and the last thing you remember is going to sleep and what the hell is going on and what you do as you piece it together you get little flashbacks of what happened and basically the invincible is going to arrive here in 13 days they know that from mm-hmm. intel they get before they go down to the planet which is a memory you recover early on in the game and they need to figure this stuff out and get gone before the invincible shows up because the invincible will kill them. Okay. The invi- they cannot stand on the against the invincible. They so are, they have to get off the planet in 13 days. They basically. are a Volkswagen Beetle and there's a tank coming. <laughs> but some weird shit's going on. Some of them are dead. Some they don't know why it's happening. Several of them are catatonic and don't seem to react to outside stimuli. There's weird structures on the planet and she doesn't remember half of what happened before that and there's one guy left the leader of the whole expedition is talking to her from the the ship in orbit and like some things are just sort of off. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest comparison I would make would be Firewatch. Okay. It is. A, I like that game a it lot. It is a walking simulator in the truest sense of a walking simulator. You barely interact with things. Uh, the, the, the challenge is figuring out what you can interact with mm-hmm. much of the time and finding the, the next path to the next area. Uh, and there's very little... The, the puzzle solving is is very hand-holdy. It's not particularly complex or interesting. Eventually, they start letting you track things on your own and sort of that. But really, you're here for the story and the slowly unfo- unfolding sort of narrative and mystery of what the hell is going on on this planet, what happened to the rest of your crew. And Is the goal to rescue your crew? The goal is to survive, more or less. Just um, get, we'll get off the planet in 13 days, right? Yeah, but like it's not really time. There's no timer on it. Oh, anything. okay. It's just, it's all narrative. It's uh, all narrative. There is no game gameplay. Here. Yeah. yeah it, it is, you are, we walk from one cutscene to the next. You, you have a little tracker there. You have another thing that scans metal, so you can follow metal underground to like where the next thing is um, and that kind of thing. Um, so there's no combat, no action. No, Interesting. No. Just 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 Firewatch. Yeah. Just Firewatch. Yeah. Um, and have you did you enjoy it? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Um, it's very slow. Like, be if you're interested, it's very slow. Um, but it's very well presented. Like the the voice acting is very good. The writing is very good. It looks better than it probably needs to. Uh, guess how much this game costs to make? To make. 
Mm, 1.5 million. They spent 4.3 million dollars on this game. Wow. And they sold something like 32,000 copies of it. It's one of the biggest bombs of the year. Jeez. And it's a good example of spending spending the right amount of money <laughs> on the on right the, property or on the right idea too. Um, yeah. the 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 thing that boggles baffles me is like the idea that like Clearly, these people are huge fans of Stanislaw Lem. To be clear, like if you haven't heard of Stanislaw Lem, um, it's because he's fallen kind of out of relevance recently. But in 1976, um, I believe it was Kurt Vonnegut said that he's pro- he was probably the most widely read science fiction author on the planet. Hmm. Um, tastes have changed. Um, so there's a part, and like, and also as you as you go through this, you'll you're seeing kind of here the the video displays. And some of the flashbacks of are done as like um, comic strips, like comic books. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they pull up on the little can, yeah, tablet you, can, you have, right? You can, and you can like watch. You, there's like a prequel, like like a there, there was an Invincible comic series, and apparently you unlock bits of it as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the art style, and that's really cool. It reminds me of like kind of a like a heavy metal magazine sort of sort of style, like a, like a, like a Mobius sort of early '80s sort of look. I'm surprised um, that they only released this for next gen for PS5 and Xbox Series. I don't think you with could the make, budget that they had, right? But I think that's part of why the budget was so high. There's a lot of like big landscapes and big areas, oh, really? and like I don't know if you could run this very well on the old consoles. There, there is scope to this that I don't. Rec- I mean, there's a there's a big sense of being on an alien world, not in the wondrous sense of like No Man's Sky or something, but in in the whole sense of like it feels like a place and it feels like you're fucked. Like it hmm. really the, this the the hopelessness of being just you and like a little spacesuit separating you from Death. And, you, and actually you can breathe the air here like oh. the, the the air here is not immediately deadly but it has Over so much time. it has so much methane in it that after about an hour you're gonna be catatonic right um, which is probably what happened to the people it is not oh interesting they they learned that early on where they closed their visors and uh, it's like no it's not that's not working yeah. um. So this is a mystery, basically. It is a mystery game. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to figure out what... The, the planet is the mystery. It's like a murder mystery where a planet is the murderer. <laughs> um, and it is interesting. It's like, but again, you have to be ready for... I mean, what you're looking at right now, this is about as exciting as it gets. <laughs> Turning over I a mean, dead body. <laughs> yeah. And there's like sandstorms that hit, but they're all hit. They all hit at a, a designated time in the narrative. And yeah. you know, there's, there's no randomness in it, really. Okay. It's... it's the randomness is whether you can figure out where the next ledge you need to climb is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah I probably could do the math, re- reverse engineer what the figures you gave me earlier. But how much did this game cost? Oh, uh, I think I think it was forty. Ooh, wow, that's a that's a lot. It was it was a higher price than you might expect for this kind of game. Maybe yeah. they realized that their clientele was small, and they're like, <laughs> somewhat. Gonna... Part of I mean, some of it is like the the budget is is there. Yeah. Um, I got this game because I know the book. I know Stanislaw Lem, and I was like, I mean, I'll be honest. My main question of this game was like, how the fuck did you make a video game out of that book? Yeah, like that, that was what I wanted to see. I was like, okay, I, yeah. I'm, I'm in. Uh, yeah. You got me confused here. And I, I admit, I did think it was going to be a little more of a freeform planetary exploration thing. Um, but I'm pretty happy with the, the heavy narrative uh, Firewatch. Uh, Forty dollars happy. Um, I will say that um, while maybe it's not worth forty dollars worth in terms of time to you know to to gameplay ratio to price, um, I can't really remember the last thing like it. I don't. You know, yeah. like it's 
Firewatch is my comparison, but Firewatch doesn't have nearly as much like stuff going that was on. Also, quite a while ago at this. That point. was a while ago, yeah. yeah. But like, Firewatch is more of a personal, interpersonal drama story. This yeah. is this is a hard sci-fi. Uh, you know, there's a lot of science in this. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms, of, you know, some of it's fudged because it's another planet, but you know, but there's a lot of well, stuff. Well, it's science fiction. Yeah, so but there's a lot okay. of stuff where you gotta like, you know they're talking about this chemical makeup and that and like they're trying to figure out a scientific way of getting through there's a bunch of talk of like how you feel doesn't matter we have to do you do this logically we have to that's how we get out of this situation and then the other person will start going crazy and they'll be like no you can't you no remember remember facts science yeah yeah and so it's trying to stick with that but they're in a situation that makes no fucking sense so it's hard to do that so that's kind of the tension on that um but they figured out a pretty interesting way of, of getting across a lot of the same ideas and the same premise as the book without getting bogged down in what the book is. Mm-hmm. And they use the events of the book to kind of add a narrative a narrative ticking clock to, like, there's a reason that they need to hurry up and get out. It's not just because being on this other world is dangerous. It's like, if we don't get everybody out of here in time, the enemy is going to show up and kill us all. Yeah. Uh, and you know from the book that they're gone. No, you know, that doesn't happen. So right, clearly right. something happens. You know, who knows yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. to them. That mean that means that the invincible shows up and there's no sign of these people. So I think this is one of those games where people will hear you talk about it and they will know immediately whether they're into it or not. Yeah, yeah. This is a, for a very specific type of person, and I think those people are very adept at finding and ferreting out stuff that they're gonna like. Yeah, the um, it's yeah. If you're like everybody's gone to the rapture or um, uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. Um, although it's not as puzzly as that. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Firewatch is the best comparison. It really is. Yeah. Like talking on the radio to somebody while you're walking through an environment is that's Firewatch. It's half of this game. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So for forty bucks, you would just recommend it to hard sci-fi yeah, fans, pretty much, like, or fans of the book, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of those there, there are. <laughs> there's thirty-three thousand of them, Matt. <laughs> I think they just found out, unfortunately, that there's thirty-three thousand of them. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember how much it cost. Oh, okay. Um, so it could I, maybe be a little I cheaper. Want it, it's either 30 or 40 Okay. All right. Well, sometimes if you like very specific things like this, you have to pay for them. That's kind of how it works sometimes. If you like stuff that's niche or a little bit off the beaten path, sometimes you got to pay a little mm-hmm. bit more for it. That's just the way it, it is. It is weird. Again, Supply and demand. There's, a, there's an, also like, you know, if you didn't like how weird and flimsy reality was in Alan Wake 2, I don't recommend this one either. Yeah, I, won't. <laughs> I definitely won't. I, like I said... You can watch it, and you know if it's for you. I know this game's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get it. So there you go. All right, it's 30 bucks. 30 That's a little more palatable. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's The Invincible, and it's available for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. And my guess is eventually it may come to some of those other platforms where they try to recoup their investment maybe. But it may know. not look quite as good. <laughs> yeah, it might, it might be time to, to bite the bullet on that one. It might be time to put a Switch version out. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're just about done with today's show, but before we go, here's a word from our sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel.
So we are celebrating Thanksgiving today on Game Face, and I just want to say how thankful I am for our sponsors for Game Face. Uh, both SoundWizardry.com and LS Cream have been great for us. They've really been a lifesaver, literally a lifesaver for us, and we appreciate them so much. Um, and again, it is Thanksgiving, and I just want to say how much I appreciate you. Um, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're, you are listening to this, watching this, or whatever, I just want to look at you and say thank you for supporting us. Thank you for if you're a patron, if you are helping us out with Twitch Prime here and there, any of the stuff that you guys do, we appreciate all of it. If you're just reviewing our show on podcast services, any of that stuff that you can do to help us, we appreciate all of it. I am so thankful for all of you people. I know I've said it before, but I really wish that I could meet all of you face to face and shake your hands. Um, it would be awesome to be able to do that. Um, I know that'll probably never happen. Maybe someday I'll get to meet some of you guys, um, but it would be really great if I could really put a face to the name uh, for all you generous people who have kept us afloat all this time. I can't say thank you enough, and today is the day to say thank you, so thank you. I appreciate it very much. Um, and with that, if you do want to support us, um, you can head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. For just $4 a month, you get all our content early. You get Game Face four days early. You get Pactor Factor a week early. You get all our other content at least three days early. And that is the longer exclusivity period than most Patreons have. So you definitely get your money's worth. Um, and as I just said, you can help us even if you don't have money. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can give us Twitch Prime. And if you're on YouTube, you can figure out how to do that down below. Or if you're listening to the show on podcast services, you can just give us a review. That helps because when people search for video game podcast, any of those services, the more reviews we have, the more likely we are to appear higher in the results. And that can make a big difference for us. All it takes is like a couple people who discover your show who are like, you know what? I want to give you a big chunk of money every month. And suddenly everything changes. You just never know when that person's going to come along or who that person is. So I just want to again say thank you. Thanks to Matt. I appreciate you, Matt, for opening up your home to do the show um, and just being an awesome friend. I appreciate Luna for being our co-host and our moral support. Um, and I appreciate our chat, all you guys. And I see already there's the hype train hit level five. You guys are awesome. Um, you guys make the show better. You fact check us. You add context to our discussions. You ask great questions to send Matt and I off on tangents. All of this matters. This is why we've been here for eight years is how we've managed to survive is because of everybody pulling the rope. Um, and I just appreciate you guys so much. Um, I still have to wake up and pinch myself sometimes and be like, am I really still doing this for a living? Like, I'm very lucky and it's because of you. So thanks to you guys, thanks to Matt, thanks to everybody who has ever supported Sifted in any way, shape or form. It all matters in the end. Um, you may have been there in the beginning. You helped get us through the first couple years. And then maybe you had to go on and do other parts a lot. Whatever. I appreciate all you guys. All you guys matter. All of you guys have made a difference. So we'll be back here next Tuesday. Just again, just a note. Thursday and Friday on the site. Site's going to be dark. We're not doing anything. I am taking a day or two off for Thanksgiving to eat some food and watch some football. Um, so things will be a little bit slow on the site later on on Thursday. But we'll be back here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games for another episode of Game Face. So thanks again, everybody. Hope you guys have a great week. I hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving full of great food, great friends, great family, and great LS cream. <laughs> so thanks once again to soundwizardry.com and LS cream for sponsoring us. They make a big difference for us. And thanks to you guys. Have yourselves a great week. Game Face is up and out.